Edward is on his way home from work, and it's just unavoidable, so uh, we apologize for that. Anyway, thank you for listening, and enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of Grainy Days Podcast. I'm Mac McDonald, and I am here with Dustin Cogsdale. Uh, what's up? And Edward, Edward Conde. What's up? And what's up? Conde. Not, it's Conde. Yeah, Conde. Conde. Oh, what is it with Conde. you guys Conde. in here leaving the flare off of the last names? Hey, yes, man, I'm trying to. And this week, we are guestless, so it's just going to be us uh, raising hell, ranting, and going down all these crazy rabbit holes. But I'm excited to do it, guys. I'm, I'm excited it's just a crew tonight. Yeah, it's been yeah. a while since we've had an episode with just the three of us. Yeah, absolutely. And it sounds like you know all of us have been pretty busy. So, I mean, if we want, we can just jump right into the episode and you know start talking about what, what the hell have you guys been up to. Um, let's, start, let's start with you, Dustin. What's going on in your, your hood? Not a whole lot. Um, just been working like crazy. Um last shooting anything yeah last um thursday i think it was i met up with uh brandon kemp we walked around um villa rica just like the little downtown area while his nice. um, wife was in class for something and uh we we met up around i think around seven and we walked until around eight thirty or so so it was pretty cool about an hour and a half like right around you know georgia's golden light um Right. And I took my Hasselblad with me and my Zero Image pinhole and my F100 and my Bessic because I was trying to finish off some rolls. Um, so I, I got through my Hasselblad, the roll I was trying to shoot in that, and then I pull out my F100 and I'm like, okay, cool, I'm going to shoot this sucker for a little while, finish off this roll of double X I have. It's from It was like a partial roll that I had left from a wedding I went to a couple weeks ago that I talked about. And um, we're walking down the street, and I'm literally, it's just, I'm holding it in my hand. I'm not even doing anything. And the back swings wide open on it. I'm like, oh, shit. And I close it real fast, and it won't stay closed. And I'm like, what the hell's going on? And it keeps popping open. And I look at it, and I realize that the tabs have broken off that hold the film door closed. So I don't know why Nikon does this, but they have bullshit plastic tabs to hold the film door on. So that is a complaint about that camera, yeah. Yeah, I got the I got the film rewound, and I lost about half the roll. But fortunately, um, it started like I said, I had like two shots from when we were out shooting, and then everything else was gone. But nothing from the wedding got messed up, so that was that was nice. Um, I'm happy about nice. that. Um, and then I sh- you know I pulled my best out, and started trying to fin- finish off some shots, and that guy. Uh, and it was real fun. It was nice to meet Brandon. He was a super cool dude. I think we're going to try to start meeting up more often and making that a regular thing. Um, he was out shooting, I think his AE-1. Um, I want to say that's what he had with him was an AE-1. And uh, it's hard to find stuff in like a little, because there's like nothing there. It's just like a railroad track right. and a couple bars or whatever. Um, so we were walking around trying to find stuff. And we found like this really cool old Coke machine, like one from the 70s or 80s. Um, so we'll we'll see that when it comes out. I was I took my um Siconic 558 out with me cuz I'd never take that light meter and that that's the spot meter and man I'm just not confident in that meter. 
Uh, and I'm sure it works fine because I tested it in direct sunlight against my Studio Deluxe, which I love and I'm super comfortable with. Um, and it and it was like within a half of a stop every time. But like I got out there and I just I couldn't trust it. I'm just had to wait and see how these pictures turn out um, because I was like. Uh, here's this reading I'm getting. Hey, can you check your reading with your camera? Like, hit it with your meter and see what that says for you. And I'm like, uh, I don't know. I'm just not confident with that thing yet. Um, yeah. Let's see. And then I've been developing a ton of rolls of film. I think I have like eight hanging in the uh, bathroom right now. I developed two this afternoon. I got my last roll of um, 2238 developed finally, and I did it in the D96, and it looks stellar. I'm so excited about it. Uh, did not fuck this roll up. So and that's the D96, the not D96, the DF96. Not the DF96, yep. just the D96. Um, 70 Got degrees, it. six and a half minutes. Just regular um, agitations. I don't do inversions. I use a little stick. So um, full mm -hmm. agitation for a minute and then um, 10 seconds at the beginning of every minute after. Um, nice. And it turned out fantastic. I really like the way it looks. I'm excited about it. Um, I shot that roll in my XA2 because I know that camera is spot on with its meter. Um, yep. So that that turned out really nice. And then... I think is that double X film? No, no, no. The um, 2238. Oh, okay. Did I say 5222? Oh, no, no, no. I was just... I don't think you said. I, was, okay. I just figured no, it was. The, the, the 2238, sorry. Yeah, oh, um, okay. my, my second roll of that because they just... Um, started the whole like the original crew of that group uh, we have yep. to have our images in for the zine that they're putting together in the next few days oh, oh yeah so i um i got that guy and then i got that little kodak scanner that i was talking about uh, with birgit last week but i actually scanned a roll with it i scanned my frugal film project roll for june on that thing and dude for like so obviously i didn't use my my cell phone for the whole thing I used the um, the Fuji setup that I have for like digitizing, and I just used that as like my little light box. That little thing is amazing for that. Like it holds it flat. It's like super rad. Nice. I was so surprised at the results I got from it. Um, so you would prefer that over a four hundred dollar piece of plastic? Oh, one hundred percent. Because I paid okay. thirty dollars, okay. thirty forty dollars for it. Yeah, and and but, you want to hear the kicker? I didn't have to cut the roll. I was able to just pull it right through. Oh, oh, nice. Okay, so nice. yeah, the silver point of that other one. You're saying you could do that with that as well. Sure can, sure can. Okay, okay. Um, you but know that's heavy-duty plastic, though, guys. we got to make sure everybody knows <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, it's heavy-duty right. plastic. It's made with love. But, but they kiss each one before they ship it. This one has a light source built in, though, man. Oh, damn. And you yeah. could call it a scanner, though, right? It's not even just a holder. It's a scanner. I mean, you have, well, to, have, a, a you have to have a... Camera, a device. Yeah, a device. Right, but they were calling capture. it a scanner. Uh, I'm right. not going to say the company's name, but yeah, yeah, you know, they gonna... were saying it was a scanner. But, but you guys know yeah. what we're talking about. Yes. Um, if they don't, they'll just have to figure it out. Yeah. But dude, that D96 know. is cheap as shit too. I, I don't want to bounce back to that real quick, but that yeah. D96 is really cheap, isn't it? Yeah. That's it, the meth chemicals, isn't it? No, the meth chemicals were the was the pa the packet of DF96. I want to say. Oh. Okay. Um, the yeah. monobath. But the D96, okay. the D96. Yeah, uh, what is it, like $6 for a pack of it? Um, oh, crazy. Yeah. yeah. And it's supposed to do uh, 18 rolls, I think it is, or last two months. 
So we'll see. I just did my first roll with it. Uh, I really liked it. I'm doing it in the stock solution. So uh, I just mix it up with some distilled water, and then um, it's ready to go. And like I said, I enjoyed it. Uh, I've got some times for... I've got to figure out times for double X at uh, 400 and 800. Uh, because it's got times for um, shooting it at 200, shooting it at 250, and then shooting it at 1600. And I'm like, well, this is all fine and good, but what about those times in between? Right. Because those are what I shoot it at mostly, is 4 and 8. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now, back to your Kodak uh, scanner. Yes. What what device were you scanning with? A phone? So, the original scans I did that I sent you guys through Messenger, I did with phone. But this last time I scanned, I actually used my X-T3. So, like, I set it up like it, I would do with uh, my normal setup, but I used that instead of my iPad and my iPad for a light source and a old negative carrier for my, you know, carrier. Uh, I just used $40. That $40. Dude, it's so much easier, too, than my old way of doing it, which is kind of infuriating in a way. But uh, I've got the digitalizer. <laughs> yeah, I've got the digitalizer on the way, too, so we'll see how that's going to go because uh, Ed was talking about wanting to mount his to a light source, and I was already thinking about mount, like, mounting mine to a piece of acrylic that I can just sit on the light source and clamp on there so I don't have to worry about it moving or anything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we'll yeah. see, we'll see how that goes. But uh, I think that's pretty much it, man. I'm excited to. Get, I haven't scanned the 2238 shots yet, but they looked really, really nice. Um, I developed a couple of the rolls from where we were out. Um, I'm starting to not enjoy. This is something we were talking about on the group. Is I'm not loving the DF96 Monobath right now. Like um, mm-hmm. we've been having some serious issues with. Yeah. Um, like residue on my on everything like residue on the negatives residue on the reels like the real reels get real funky like even after a good wash like they're still funky after using that stuff yep um really yeah man yeah, yeah. it's nasty dude it's nasty yeah i don't know what it is about it and i'm using like i mixed up powder into with distilled water so it's not like a hard water situation and i'm not using the bottle from them so i don't know if that has anything to do with it um but i mix it up per their directions exactly like time temperature everything um and it's just been real funky and then i had a roll like that totally looks overdeveloped um using it and i did it at 10 minutes at 75 degrees with intermittent um agitation so i don't know um but it was not it was not something that i loved it was not a great result Mm -hmm. and i can't get those bastards to clear t-grain film no matter what i do and other people seem to get it but there's something about t-grains and that in that film that or in that developer that does not agree with it in my experience other people like i said are having good experiences with it but not me none of my acros has come out like i like it none of the T-Max I've shot has come out like I like it. So I just, to me, I'm going to stick to classic grain film stocks in that one. Um, things that I know are going to turn out well, like Fomapan and um, Ultrafine and X, all the like other stocks that I like to shoot. We're going to stick to that. But my T-Grain films are just going to go back to um, HC-110 or Rodenol. Cool. Yeah, I, I had an issue with mine with my negatives where it, because uh, you know how it gets all nasty and the silver kind of just hangs 
things at the at the bottom. Yeah. So I I shook the I shook my bottle and then I poured it into the tank and stuff and it you know and I was doing the agitation per the instructions and everything and I got like a line through the bottom roll because I was doing two rolls right down the middle of the bottom roll there was a line and a bunch of crap I think I sent you a photo I sent you guys the photo of what that you looked did, like yeah. or, and it's just I I rewatched it again but it, it's like baked into the uh, into the film or something because I wasn't able to I looked at the negatives and you could see it it's there and I try to clean it with the microfiber and it did, wouldn't come out so yeah I'm like I'm looking at these and I'm um the first like two to four rolls out of that with that developer seem to be spot on. Like you never have an issue mm-hmm. with those first four rolls. But it seems, but if you, or even if you're using it in the same session, as long as you're keeping the, I'm, I don't have, I've never noticed an issue. But it seems like once you start getting into the six, seven, eight area, even with the adjusted times, it just, yeah. I don't know, man. I'm, I, it's not performing how I like it to. Yeah. I ended up filtering all the silver that was caught into it inside the um, inside the DF ninety six, and I think I sent you guys a picture of those the little coffee filters that I mm-hmm. and and uh, which one call it um, and I still so now I got to develop some more film with it and see if that makes any difference or not, but I don't know. Well, I I got stellar results with DF ninety six and twenty two thirty eight. I'll tell you, it was absolutely mind blowing how sharp and clean those negatives were oh, yeah. with that combo. Yeah, I, I mean, if you if I was to have shot it at 12 ISO, is that, that's what it's recommended to be developed in that developer at, then I'm sure it would have been nice. Right. I shot mine at 25. Um, both of my rolls I shot yep. at 25. And I... Uh, I'm DF96 is cheap enough that I can keep a pack around. You know what I mean? And I shoot... Yep. That's a developer that was made for Kodak X. You know, like... That's the developer made to give that the look it, you know, it's supposed to have. So I'm probably just gonna keep DF96 around specifically for my double X, because that's my go-to film stock anyway. And at six minutes or six and a half minutes, if you shoot it at box speed, that's not a lot of time. And I'm thinking, like, you know, you multiply it by what is it, 1.3 to get your next your like next stop up, which is like what eight and a half nine minutes for 400 supposedly and like maybe 13 minutes for 800 so we'll see how that goes um i'm gonna get i'm gonna test those times out i'm gonna play around a little bit i'm gonna shoot a couple short rolls of it and uh see how those times go on that but i mean that's what that that's what that developer was made for so i'm gonna keep some of that around and it's six bucks come on you can't beat six bucks a pack, especially if you load up on it at one time to make shipping worth it. Oh heck yeah! Yep. Anyway, what have you guys been up to? Ed, what you been up to, brother? Um, just mostly catching up on some black and white developing and scanning, and uh, I'm testing out a new workflow on my uh, after I scan and just dumping it into Apple Photos. Um, I ended up d- downloading a new app, Pixelmator Photo. I think that's what it's called. Yeah, it's I really that one. like that. Yeah. Yeah, so I got it for my Mac, and apparently it now integrates uh, pretty well with Photos, where you just launch it as an external editor, and the full-blown app launches. So um, before my workflow would be after I scan, I dump it into Pixelmator, 
do my retouches, save as TIFF. So then I have two copies of it, the clean and the scanned, and then the, the one where I cleaned up any uh, dust and stuff. And then, um, and then I would dump that copy into, um, into my library. But now I can just get the straight scan, dump it into the library, and then do the retouching on, um, you know, within photos and stuff, which is, it's a little bit, I'm still thinking if it, I'm, I'm still on the fence if it's quicker or not, but uh, it's, it's an all in one thing. And, you know, as long as it works, I'm fine with it. So I've been trying to figure that stuff out. Um, haven't really been posting too much on IG uh, since my last Half Frame Friday, which was last Friday. Um, and I think this week I'm kind of just laying off of IG as far as uh, doing any posting. Mm. Let's see what nice. else. What, what's making yeah. you do that? Uh, I'm just tired. I'm lazy. Yeah. yeah. So this is one of the things we're going to talk huh? about tonight. Do we, we just want to go into this right now and pick yeah, that up? Yeah, because I... I yeah, my yeah. I'm, the rest of my week is pretty much just that. It's pretty boring. I haven't done much. I haven't bought anything. <laughs> yeah, let's hit it, and then I'll just hit my week after that because it'll lead there into the next topic too. Yep. Yep. So laying off Instagram. So you said, well, you're just lazy and just. What? Yeah, I, I just haven't found because uh, right now I'm in I'm in a place where I'm thinking that I want to switch to just uh, posting a bunch of color images, going on a color right. phase, right? Mm -hmm. um, yep. But. I have so much black and white, uh, you know, to share that's ready to go. But then I'm thinking, well, I could just wait and wait till I'm in, you know, wait for another time and just kind of do color right now. So that's where I'm kind of at. I, I, I haven't found any black and white images that I say, oh, I, I, I really want to post this. So maybe that's the other problem, too. Um, right. And then the other thing, too, is I, was, I actually started working on my half frame zine. So now I'm in that mode. So, you know, something's got to give right yeah yeah for sure <laughs> so yeah i've i kind of have been um not really messing with my instagram either like i've always been like very low-key with my instagram and i don't post like weekly or daily like a lot of people like mine has always been like when a picture inspires me which really is bad for somebody to like me to run an instagram like hours because like i don't think about it you know so, yep. um, I've been kind of doing like, I, I want to do a social media blackout period, like, but it's so hard when we have the groups and stuff to take, take care of. And I say take care That's of, like, right. to promote ourselves and whatever and, and, and like stay, right. Right, stay around. So people want to like listen to us or like try to interact with the community. So we'll have things to talk about. Cause if we have a media blackout, like, what are we going to do? We're, what are we going to talk about as far as like being relevant, you know what I mean, about things going on in the community at the time. So it's kind of hard to, right. to do that. But Yeah, you know, uh, if you'll look at my Instagram page uh, on July 19th, and today when we're recording this is July 31st. So ju I've been off of Instagram for 12 days. I put up there, you know, my last post was, hey, I'm taking a break from Instagram. You can still find me on my podcast and on my YouTube channel. And, you know, I was a dude posting every single day because – you know, I was just trying, you know, to stay relevant, like you were talking about, you know, to continue to get my work out there and also, you know, raise awareness for my YouTube channel and the podcast. But it, it started just wearing on me. And then, like, I don't know, I started getting a complex about it. And hell, even last night, you know, I unfollowed the negative positives Facebook group. And there's a couple of reasons why. And really, 
it's like a lot of these it's like uh, we're we're trying to like out impress each other as photographers and like my target demographic you know that i'd want to ever sell work to is not another photographer so another photographer like thinks about my work i, I don't think it's important but i, I i'm learning like film is such a vast deep ocean that i, I am kind of scared to pull back too much because there's so much knowledge out there to be had this is not like digital is very complicated too but film has so many more layers because there's so many different formats then you add in developing then you add in scanning and then you add in like any post-processing if you do that it's just like dark it's just so many layers so i have so much to learn but then you get in these debates with these people that these debates aren't even really important and it's like i don't want to be a part of this it's like i have so many things positive budding in my life that if I'm caught up in the shit all the time, how can I like get to where I want to be as a photographer if I'm worried about what photographer X, Y, and Z says? But this is a total contradiction. My YouTube channel really is for photographers, but it's for photographers like figuring it out as well. And it's kind of like sharing my experience of learning film photography. So it's not like I'm selling to photographers. I'm like, hey, here's me fucking up in photography, learning it. If you want to watch it, cool, because maybe you're experiencing the same thing. So... It's a it's a it's a it's a conundrum. I hate where we're at, but I love where we're at, right? Because you can you can just jump into all this knowledge pool, but then it's gotten really sour. So it's like if I could just talk to people and it'd be cool. And look, I'm guilty of poking the bear too. So like totally the issue that you know uh, prompted this. I definitely have a lot of uh, ownership in the negativity of that too and that's another reason i was like i was looking at myself saying hey you know i don't need to be that guy so to not be that guy maybe i just need to remove myself from that situation mm -hmm. yep it's weird man for sure yeah i, I don't want to blame everyone else i hate when people are like yeah but everybody's an asshole well probably you're an asshole too and i'll own it you know i was definitely being an asshole and my biggest um Regret is not like respecting other people's opinions more, and I, even even when I think they're batshit crazy, I should like respect that that that's their opinion. And thinking that they're batshit crazy is just my opinion. They they actually aren't batshit crazy. So it's it's so complicated, and it doesn't have to be. Some people do it effortlessly, but you know I'm not that guy apparently. <laughs> yeah, we've kind yeah. of all realized this already. Right. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. it sucks. Like I want to play with with all the kids, but you know, it, it just it just gets out of control. Uh, there's bullies, and then I, I flare up, and then it's, it never ends well. So just removing myself from the situation. Well, um, you talked about removing yourself from negative, positive Facebook group. I think the thing about that group is it's, it's not what it used to be. That's not a knock on right. the group, but the group is definitely not what the group used to be that feeling that it used to have is not there because it is so large now. There are so many people on that, uh, right. that group. And that's not a knock on the group. It's great because it is still a really positive place and it's still like a good, it's still probably the best Facebook group for film photographers, for sure. like 100%. Yeah. But it used to feel like a family, like, because they're used right. to like, it took a long time for us to gain traction and get that group like, built up and get a you know a solid group of people posting and commenting and you know blah 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 because it used to just be like a couple of us like me and junior wyatt and maybe mike and very rarely andre back in the day um 
and and there's still other people that you don't even posted. see anymore. <laughs> like you used to see like Danny Roberts posting a lot on there, and you used to see Stephen Ray, and like some of these people you you don't even hear from anymore. A lot of the original people in the group, and like that's kind of a bummer for me because I used to really like hanging out on that group in my spare time and talking to those people. Uh, and now you don't you there's so many posts on there daily, you can't keep up with it. And then yeah. you don't know yeah. half of the people keeping up with it. There's a new face every day and a new comment and a new this and a new that. And these people are coming into this group that's been established for a long time. And there's already a dynamic. And there's, like, cool kids groups of, like, these, you know, people that have been around it on a while for a while. And it kind of shows, like, there are certain people who get, like, interaction and, and get more traction on their po- their posts and their photos than other people. Um, mm-hmm. So the, Yeah, like, that's, that's, yeah. That's just a long way right. of saying, like, it's not what it used to be. Yeah, and, you know, you're right. About, you know, I came into that group later, and, you know, I, I think I'm a pretty established photographer. I don't think I'm a great fucking photographer, but I'm pretty established. You know, I, I know how to take a great photo. Uh, I need to learn a lot of things about film, you know, processing, developing, all that, right? So there, there are already these, like, uh, MPP heroes, and, like, I see them at, at post, and then, like, they just drop something, and then, like, I don't really respect their work. So, if, and then I'm like, how is this person, you know, commanding all this attention? And I don't, I don't think their work is, is very good. And that's an opinion. Not a people are like, oh, my God, Max said that. But, like, I, you know, I, I'm like, oh, where's mediocre at best and this dude's walking around with his shit in his hand like it doesn't stink you know and i'm like well what's i don't i don't get it and i was like oh, okay i'm not playing at this club uh there's nothing else to be gained and it's unfortunate because the 99 of it is amazing that negative positives is the reason that a i want to do a podcast b the reason i dived head first back into film like if it wasn't for negative positives I'd podcast and then ultimately that group i, I don't think i we'd be talking right now so i mean i yeah. Like it's definitely important to my film story, but you know, I, I just the the reward versus like displeasure. It, I'm, I'm going to take a break. I may come back one day, but I, it, like think about what we're having a that's conversation. That's if we about. let you in. Uh, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, good, true. You valid point. Valid yeah, when point. I saw uh, that but, man, I thought you got put into a timeout or something. I was like, Nah, I was like, fuck, that's I got to go. I, and look, like I said, I want to own my part of it. Uh, I, I should have respected people's opinions more. It's not like I was like flagrant asshole. I just didn't let them say really totally just outlandish shit. I like immediately responded to it. And, and it's the cool kids club, right? So the cool kids aren't used to people saying, uh, somebody saying, hey, that's fucking stupid. So they're like, oh, wait a minute. And then they got like, an inflamed hemorrhoid and they blew up and I don't respect their work. So I continued to, uh, you know, flare up their hemorrhoids. And right. next thing you know, I'm like, fuck this group, I'm out. And uh, but look how ridiculous it is. We're talking about like this fake thing that's not real. But then yeah. it really is real, though. Like people are like, "Hey, it's just social media." But you know what? Our new reality is that, and we can d- dismiss it as much as we want. But it is the new reality. So a lot of our listeners obviously are part of that group, and I'm sure a lot of them know what you're talking about. But do you want to kind of enlighten our listeners to what you're? specifically talking about because it is one of our talking points for tonight anyway so let's just transition into that we'll get your week eventually yeah yeah, yeah. my week's not even important but we're, we're, yeah, like, this is we're just important. dancing around this so why don't we just kind of go yeah. ahead and, yeah. and bring this so, up yeah it's a great topic too it's something that should be discussed and i think I, so honestly, let's talk about the topic is go ahead I honestly think it's a dumbass topic, and I don't really think it warrants because so many people have differing opinions, and really none of it fucking matters. 
right. So let's just throw it out there. So I posted on the group. I said, "Hey, uh, outrage culture trigger warning," <clears throat> and then I said, uh, "Which first photographing of all, homeless people?" First of all, like what? putting that in your thing does sound trolly. I can get where the people thought you were trolling because of the okay, title. Okay, yeah, yeah. I respect other people's opinions. I, I need to do that more, so I, I will respect that. Uh, and then I said, "Hey." You know, should it, yay or nay? And then like somebody broke me down on yay, the spelling of the word yay. I was like, motherfucker. Yeah. Uh, and I, then um, yay or nay, oh, and really? I, I was like, oh wow. Oh yeah. Somebody that. was like, there's no that. yay with homeless people, and I'm like, oh god, you were a virtue signaling motherfucker. Um, but anyway, so I said, hey, yes or no, photographing homeless, and I, and I said, hey, I say yes because I think that so many people were like on their phones, distracted. Ooh, don't show me the pain in society. <laughs> you put it right in their face with a photograph and then of course people were like no i think it's exploitive yes i think we need to see that reality but then people got really fucking crazy right some people were like well you can't take a long lens and take a picture of somebody in their house um so technically these people live on the street so taking a picture of them you're violating their privacy well that means every fucking street photographer in san francisco is violating somebody's um privacy the because there's a homeless person every half a block right so i mean that's no. the extent that I the mean, conversation went that, through I, I was, there's an expectation what? of privacy in the public as well so uh, by that logic, like any picture you take of a person person that hasn't given you their explicit permission is a violation of their privacy. Yeah. Oh, in the United States of America, if I'm on a street, a public I'm street, aware. not on private property, yes. I can take a photo. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Yes. And if a motherfucker's sleeping on the street, that that's not his house. I I feel really bad for that person, but it's not his motherfucking house. I can take a picture of anything I want on the street, and like, for, but the the where that person was going was they were like, oh, I'm being exploitive. I'm. I'm zero percent exploitive. I have nothing but like sympathy, empathy for homeless people. I was just trying to say, hey, yes or no, not who is the most, who's the moral champion of this post. And that's where every conversation online, in my opinion, goes. If it's political, like people just they, they race to the top of the moral hill, and we can't. And they step over the real conversation at hand. Should we or should we not? Don't tell me about what you think we should do. Like what you, what somebody else should just do and dismiss the conversation. Let's dig in there. Don't be like, yeah, just donate some money or. Uh, the, the the I love what Bartasek and you were some other people were saying. They were like, no. Some people were like, hey, go up to him, talk to him, give him money. No, if you if you talk to the subject, you change the subject. How can you capture exactly. the pain of homelessness and relay that powerful fucking image to somebody who lives in Beverly Hills in a nice mansion? You know, if they're smiling or waving at the camera. No, you want that person bent over. You know, in their real life, like this is what that person's that person is going through, and it's a really terrible situation. Like, don't sugarcoat how shitty it has to be. Right? I mean, these people were like, no, I'll feed them, talk to them, and then you know, take a photo with them. No, I'm taking a picture of a homeless person, not of a motherfucker. It's not a portrait session. You know? Right. Okay. Uh, so uh, here, here's my my like view. There's a lot that you just said there. Um, morals. First of all, like your morals and my morals are not the same. We don't believe right. the same things. So, right. How could you expect me to live by your moral code? If they're not For the sure. same thing, right. so that, that's point number one or, or issue number one with this whole argument is um, yeah. morality is is not black and white. It's not a it's not a straight line. It, it's 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 wibbly sure. wobbly. Like everybody's got certain things that they're okay with and other things that they're not okay with, and that's okay. <coughs> yep. No yep. two people are gonna follow sure. the exact same moral code. So that's that's argument number one. Like 
throw that shit out the okay. window. Um, next, you don't work for National Geographic. You don't work for Time right. Magazine. You don't work for any yeah. big publication. How the fuck are you exploiting anybody because you are not selling <laughs> these images of these people? That most, you're right. going to scan them and put it on your Instagram. Yeah. You might make a zine about it. How the fuck is that exploiting hey, anybody? Man. You're not becoming a millionaire right. off of a, the, a photograph of a guy sleeping on the street. All right. Yep. And I just want to go on record and say I've never taken a picture of a homeless person. And the only reason I even thought of this, Dustin, is when you and I were in Atlanta taking photos, uh, you know, on the street, and there were so many fucking homeless right. people. And for for a minute of a second, I thought about it, and then like my brain said, "No, don't do that. It's wrong." And then I then I started questioning, "Well, Mac, why do you think that's wrong? You know, it, it's not wrong." And then so I was having that internal conflict, and then I, I truly just wanted to know what people thought. I didn't know that everybody was going to be running for fucking president on that thread, you right. know, and trying to win votes. I was like shit i just want to have a conversation you know and but so and yeah, who, great point the moral one is a good one yeah yeah and who cares if you take a photo like like why do you care what other people think about your photos you know what i mean like right. if you want yeah. to take a photo of a homeless person take a fucking photo of a homeless person if you want to take a photo of somebody doing something illicit fucking take that picture you know who cares? Yeah, it's a, it's a tough, t it's a crazy contentious topic because like, there are people. Some people just want to sound moral and just. Some people don't want that shit to be out there. They just they don't want to think about it. Some people just and some people just think really negatively of other people and think that like they think default negative like hey this person is exploiting homeless people. I wouldn't say right. most people are and like people are so quick to think that people are doing something negatively and some people are just they're interested in that and they 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 want to see what that looks like. I don't know. I don't go out Ed, with an idea this? to shoot homeless people, but if I think Ever. a scene works with a homeless person in it, I'm going to take that photo. And sometimes I might take a photo of them because I find them interesting. You know, Right. That's just how it is. Like when we were out shooting and we were standing on um, Peachtree right there where we were waiting across from the Peachtree Center for people to cross and like for that scene or whatever. Like I was sitting there talking to that homeless guy and I took a picture of him. And I don't always like right. talk to a homeless p person before I take a photo of him. Um, but he was chatting me up. He was asking me questions. He was a nice guy. Uh, so I took a picture of him. You know, I also took a picture of another homeless guy who wasn't paying a single lick of attention to me. But just the way the light crossed him, I liked the way it looked, so I took a fucking picture of him. And it, did, it wasn't because he was homeless, uh, and I didn't stop because he was homeless either. Like, that could have been Joe Smo Millionaire standing in the same spot, and I would have taken a picture of him. My only rule, and this is, again, it comes down to morality, not everybody's the same way, I won't take photos of children without their parents' permission. Yeah, that's, that's my a good one. That's my only rule for myself when it comes to photography. Otherwise, it doesn't yeah. matter. It's all about, like, do I have the confidence to take that photo? Because sometimes you might not have the confidence to go get close enough to a homeless person to take their photo because you don't know how they're going to react to it. And that's totally, right. you know, reasonable to think that way, in my opinion. Because yeah. I don't, you know, it's, it's I'm not going to necessarily take a photo of them all the time. I might not have the confidence to take that photo because you never know what mood they're going to be in. But that goes for every single person on the street as well. Yeah, agreed. I say just fucking go for it. If you think it's going to be a cool picture, take it. Conde, yeah. what's your two cents? Uh, well, <clears throat> when I started shooting street, I, I did take photos of homeless. I 
you know, I, I worked in, uh, they call it Miracle Miles, but it's kind of like, uh, uh, Wilsh- let's see, La Brea Tar Pits. Old, it's kind of a little bit like old L.A., I guess. There used to be a lot of theaters there. Anyway, so it's right next to Melrose, and Melrose has a lot of back alleys. And when I first started and I started shooting street, that was a lot of this images that I would see, like, say, on Flickr or whatever. And, and so I would go and, and look. I would purposely go and look and try to find a scene or, or, or find something. And there were some times that I would shoot. Uh, I would photograph a, a homeless person and, you know, and after a while I was thinking, okay, well, you know, I, I, what satisfaction am I getting out of this? Right. You know, and I'm not, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing this for time or national magazine or anything like that. What, what am I getting out of it? And then, you know, and I had a conversation with the buddy and he's all like, and, and he put it in a perspective was like, you know, they're at probably the lowest at the, at, in their life, they're at the lowest point of their life. For and, sure. And you taking a photograph of them and then just posting it for likes, you know, you know what, you know, they don't know that. But I mean, how do, how does that make you feel? And and, and it, it did come to a little bit of uh, like a like a moral issue for me. And then and so after that, you know, and after that conversation, I decided I'm not going to take photos of homeless. And though it was. You know, while I was still trying to learn the art of street photography and that kind of stuff, that was that was one of the main things that a lot of people were photographing. They were, you know, they were, you know, taking pictures of homeless, you know, passed out on the street and or or, you know, pants down, taking a shit and, you know, on the street, you know, and I'm just like, really, you know, you know, that that is not cool. (laughs) That is not cool at all. And. I don't know, yes. man, but think that 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 impacts people. If somebody saw that image, that may change their life completely. They may totally be like, "I need to right. help people." Like, it, yeah, it can change I'm not, somebody. I'm not the photographer that's going to be taking. Yeah, I'm not going to take a picture of my taking a shit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and so, you know, I, I just put it in perspective for myself. Um, right. I always thought, yeah, I'm not going to get popular with my photography. I am going to have some people that follow my stuff or whatever, and that's fine. I, I, I'm not here to get popularity. I'm not going to change the world with my photography. I, I know that for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can change the people around me or in a way where they see something differently and they, you know, photograph differently because they were inspired or whatever, you know, that may happen. But right. as far as me making a difference and all this stuff for the homeless folks or, you know, disabled people, just anybody that's, you know, I guess not in a, it, it, I guess the you would have to say in, at a disadvantage in life, right? right? I, I just don't do that. I personally don't do that. I do the same thing about the kids as well. I try not to photograph kids. Sometimes if I'm on the pier at Santa Monica, I mean, there's kids everywhere. There's homeless everywhere. But if I'm if they're not the main subject, I, I don't I don't take that into into my whole thing of you know purposely shooting shooting homeless folks. And in fact. When I do go to downtown LA and I do see homeless, you know, because for a while when I used to stroll down through there and shooting, the, the homeless are smart. They're always looking to see who has a camera because if they do, you can see I've seen them turn their backs to you because they don't want to yeah. be photographed. And there's so many people who would just come up to them and flashing with the damn flash and the and the thing to try to get a reaction out of them, you know. And it's just yeah. like 
you know, that is not cool. And so I purposely yeah, will hide up. my, I'll hide my camera, you know, and I'll just walk through whatever the area is. If it's, you know, if, if there's, if there's, uh, you know, a large group or whatever. And, and it's mostly, I do it for them and safety. I feel safe in DTLA, I think for the most part. So, but it's mostly, I just want to tell, Hey, this is my way of signaling to them. I'm not here to photograph you. I'm just walking by, you know, and, and and that's it. Now I did get confronted by one homeless guy just because he saw a, ca- a camera in my hand, and he told me you better start walking before I stab you. Damn. <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm just like, hey, I said I'm not even photographing. He goes, no, you have a camera in your hand. You need to go. And, yeah, I understand. And yeah, that's but crazy. he might have been he might have been juiced on something. So I was just like, all right, man. I go, but you're like, I'm out. I'm out. Yeah. I'm not even. I'm not. I go. I don't even want any of this. But yeah, you know, that's only been one confrontation that I had. So. Um, yeah, but that's, that's like good context, five or six years. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah so, stuff. you know, but again, it's like Dustin was saying, it's a moral issue. If you think it's fine, hey, who am I to tell you, hey, that's fucked up. You shouldn't be doing that. It's not, hey, you know, that's not my problem. You know, that's that's what you want to do. That's fine. That's your art. You know, it's all subjective. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah, I that's agree. what it comes down to. Yeah. So before we close it out, I'll just say, like, I, I definitely think people sh- can if they want. I haven't. I know I'll eventually do it at least once. Yeah. I'll have some like internal struggle with that decision, but if it's a powerful image, I'm going to do it. Right. And and I definitely should have respected other people's opinions more, and I definitely was part of the equation of the negativity in that post, and for that, I'm sorry. So that will close out that topic with that on a positive note. My yeah. bad to the people I disrespected. Your opinion is just as valid as mine, and I should have respected that. So what you That's need fair. to do is you need to go shoot five rolls of positive film to kind of uh, there bring you that go. positivity offset. back yeah, into yeah. to offset You're the a genius. The guru, Ed. That's my uh, <laughs> well, here's another, right there. Here's another idea, though. <laughs> go out, and if you see a photo that you want to take of a homeless person, take it. But you don't have to see how you feel about it. Like, yep. when you yeah. get the picture developed. for a developed, banger, though. Okay, no, no I'm just saying, like, if you if finger or not yeah. okay no here's here's my thought process on this just just follow me for a second so yep. you're out walking you see a homeless person you think i'm gonna take a picture of them it might not be a banger you might just think your your first instinct i'm gonna take a picture of them take the picture of them but here's the thing <coughs> you don't have to do anything with it later you don't have to share it you can just take that picture for yourself because you right. felt the instinct to take it and then you can feel how you feel about that decision that you made right you might later on think oh man i don't really feel good about that that lets you know right yeah. there that's not for you yeah, yeah dude when I, I started to pull up the camera when we were out together dustin and then i pulled it back down so i think that already answers my question i don't think yeah. it's my jam you, but i think that you should still be able to yeah. no I, I didn't I, I pulled up the camera about a quarter away and i was like Mm-mm. i mean and there I were the a couple down. opportunities i mean as soon as we walked out of that restaurant we there ate were. lunch with there was a lady like just Fuck, yeah. crawled out on the on the ground like just sleeping yeah in at yeah. 12 o'clock sunlight Right there next to the CNN Center, like next to Centennial Olympic Park, in the middle of everything in downtown Atlanta. And she's just snoozing. Yeah, I just can't do it. I don't think I can do it. Yeah. Yeah. I think you you should be able to, though, is what I'm saying. Like, it's your thing. I don't think that people shouldn't do it. I just don't think it's my jam. Yeah. Uh, But you know what? You know, as as I remember, there was, um, there's, there's certain programs. There's programs out there for photographers to go. You know, if they want to, you know, make a difference or or to help out with the homeless population, right. 
I, I know there's uh, I'm trying to remember the one that was here locally, but basically what it comes down to, you know, they invite folks from the street to come in, get a haircut, get, you know, get cleaned up and everything. And then there's a photographer there to get to take a photo of them and, and then to give them a print and say, you know, this is who you are and that kind of stuff. I know there was one out in New York that someone did in Central Park. Actual, um, that that was his project for the weekend, and they would find whoever they could who need you know who needed uh, a haircut and, and hair wash and all that stuff. And then, you know, there was a, I think it was a Fuji photographer who was there to take a photo of them and then gave them on the Instax printer. I remember this because it was a, a whole Instax printer kind of thing. Um, and they gave them a print of themselves, an instant print, uh, you know, of what they look like, you know. So there's, you know, there's a lot of different ways if you don't want to, you know, if you feel like, you know, how you felt like putting your foot, you put your camera back in or whatever. But, you know, if you feel like you want to make some a difference in, in some of those folks' life, I mean, that might be a way to do it. You know, putting your skill uh, of a portrait photographer or just photographer in general to, you know, to help someone. Just make make them feel better about themselves because you know at the end, you know I think um, you know at the end of it, you know they'll they'll be like yeah this was a great experience and you know have a nice haircut and stuff like that so yeah I don't know how I'm supposed idea. to finish that but but anyway yeah. I think people got, I think people see what you're saying yeah yep okay so let's move on to a less contentious topic I think uh, so. We, Ed, you briefly alluded to when you talked about leaving Instagram, you know, taking a break from Instagram, not leaving Instagram, yes. just taking a break. Uh, you talked about, hey, you were switching over to black and white. And, you know, that's one of the topics we wanted to discuss. And right. it's like phases you go through as a photographer, mm -hmm. because, you know, I just from B&H today got a shit ton of black and white film. And <laughs> if anyone knows me, I am the color guy. If you look at my IG feed, right. it's 98% color. And when I do shoot black and white, typically it's... Um, the Ilford XP2, which is, you know, not real black and white film. I the developed it in 40, yeah, yeah. So today <laughs> I got a shit ton of real, like I got Pan F and yeah. I got all kinds of crazy shit. Um, and and I, it's just something where it's just like in my brain, it's like I want to try just a monochrome approach. And I know I could convert my color photos and post, but I, I want to have to like shoot for black and white, not shoot for color yeah. to be converted to black right. and white. It's so, not the same. so, you know, I think it's a. No, it's not. And I think it's a phase I'm going through. And then, Ed, you, you were talking about that earlier. So what's your thought yeah. process about that? Yeah, so, um, well, as far as Instagram, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm in this, I think I, did I talk about this already? But I'm in that phase where I'm not really sure um, if I want to post more black and white or if I want to just go straight to color. Because I have a ton of color to post, right? And so um, I, uh, I, I'm just... I'm just pausing my posting right now just because I don't know where which way to go. But I'm also thinking about just going straight, continuing on this black and white path and kind of just not shooting any more color. Um, uh, color in the sense of anything, you know, with 35 millimeter color film, keeping the medium format just because I like that format, but uh, just kind of getting off of 35 millimeter color altogether. Uh, except for my half frame, I'll still shoot it with that or anything that's specialty uh, uh, format. Um, but then just using my Fuji Digital for all my color stuff. Um, 
because one, I'm spending a shitload of money on color processing and I don't want to do color processing. I absolutely hate it. Uh, my last batch just completely sucked. So, um, and I think, you know, I've been thinking about this for a long time and, and I had a conversation uh, over IG with AJ White and, and he, he was kind of on the same path as far as 35 millimeter and just, you know, just sticking to black and white. And um, I'm kind of leaning that way. And I think a lot of it is just one is the cost too, is in reality, I get better results, at least to me, I'm getting better results with my Fujis whenever I do shoot them. Um, but again, you know, I'll keep some color for like anything I shoot half frame or if I want to do some, you know, you know, something, something specific, but as right. everyday shooting color, I, I think I'm, I, I'm starting to think about just kind of weaning off of that, um, yep. on that, but I will continue to buy some Kodak gold 200. Yep, stock that shit up, Ed. Stock that shit up because you, you my create, you created here. that demand already. You put the fear in people. <laughs> Heck yeah. <laughs> yep. So, um, but, and, uh, and some people listening, some people listening will be like, "Por qué no los dos?" You know, why not yeah. both? But, right. but uh, uh, sometimes you you don't want to do both, right? Sometimes yeah. I think the only way you develop a real proficiency is if you just grind the fuck out of something and get really yeah. good at it, and then yeah. you grind the fuck out of something else, and then once you've really mastered it as best you can, not like a master in photography. I'm talking yeah. a master of max abilities. If I master my base set of abilities then i can you know knock out both at a real level but i've never i've never really just knuckled down on black and white i've always just fucked around with it i've never said okay color i, I feel really confident with my color my developing my, I, I can process color uh to, and i'm happy with it if people may not like it they may not think it's great that's not what it's for i mean from my standpoint my color's okay black and white i really want to just jump in there and just see you know there's so many different film stocks and like you would think black and white's black and white man i started researching it Dude, you start looking at the images they look a lot different like black uh, black and white looks exponentially different than other black and white i thought it was all going to look the same right varying shades of gray but now some's inky as shit some's like real silvery and um yeah. like real gray I, I, it's very different i, I want to learn all that shit right and the only way i can do that is if i'm not distracted with color so uh poor no las dos is not working for this dude at all I'm <laughs> so what, it's yeah. okay it's a what do you like when oh, you see have you seen certain photographers where you see their images and you're like that shit stands out to me i really like yes. that like yeah. Uh, who so are those people? Sandy Fimster, he shoots four by five, and you know uh, he was a highlighted photographer on one of the early podcasts. And man, some of his black and white—it just when you see it with with the right lighting, holy shit, it's so impactful. Like I'm like, okay, that's a, that's a pretty powerful image right there. True. You know the lighting and the and the the contrast and the fall off from the dark to the light. Like I think color is so busy it confuses the mind. Uh, this is my opinion. And then black and white is very direct. It's like, here's this fucking image. You know, look at it. Color's like, right. look at all this stuff. Pick out what you want. You can with yeah. lighting. Yes, you know, color really can be distracting color. for sure. I 100% yeah. agree. And that's why I don't shoot a lot of color is because it distracts me personally, like when I'm trying to take the photo. Um, I think I see yeah. the world better through black and white. Like, obviously, I see color. I'm not colorblind. But when I'm composing, I'm composing with black and white in mind. I, I, I don't think I'm as good 
shooting color as I am shooting black and white, if that makes much sense. And I don't think I'm a fantastic photographer. I just enjoy doing it. Um, that's why I don't post a lot of stuff. But when I do, sometimes I'll practice and take a photo in color and in black and white. And I generally will prefer the black and white image over the color image. That's just me. But what I was getting at a second ago, you said Sandy Filmster. So obviously 4x5 is going to be a little bit different because those film stocks are going to look different. As far as like yep. your choice in film stocks, that's what I was getting at. Is like, Have you looked at photographers and seen the ones that you like, what film they're shooting with to get those images? You know, you don't know if somebody's doing post-processing or what, but like, what are you looking for? Do you like kind of have in mind like what you want out of your black and white photography? Do you want it to be more like the Jason Lee style where it's just a wide range of... Um, great like all of the entire tonal range of grays um with your highlights and like slightly yeah low contrast or do you want like a tokyo noir like hard crushed blacks like highlights yeah. no grays uh or somewhere in the middle delta 400 where it goes black to white very very little transition between you know like a I mean, delta pro 400 yeah but like pro 400 pushed to stop so it's really gritty and grainy and dark and I'm cool with it not being grainy too, though. So I really like 3200 Ilford uh, Delta 3200. I've shot a few rolls of that. That grain I think looks really intriguing. Um, but a little lower grain where the blacks are really black. Uh, like I, I've so far, I've liked 400 Delta 400. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. Double X if it's shot right. I like the way that is. So I like inky, dark blacks, white whites. Uh, I used to when I first started film photography, I was shooting Ilford Delta 100, and I was like, "Holy shit, this is crazy!" Like the whites are really white, the blacks are super black, and there's very little gray in between, and I just dig that high contrast. Yeah, I think the thing a lot of people don't realize when they're shooting double X is it needs light. It needs light. It does well with flash because of that, but it needs right. light. It needs good light. Um, otherwise, it doesn't perform as well. Um, as some other film stocks are going to do now it can perform well but the way i shoot it i need a good bit of light on my subjects because i like to push it because i want that fall off i want those crushed inky midnight black hole blacks but i like yep. double x because along with that you still get you do lose your gray tonage you're you're like the tonal range in your grays but Double X has like silver highlights to me. And like, yeah, that's obvious. You're shooting film, it's silver, but like silver colored, like they, they almost seem metallic, even on non-metallic subjects. Like they just pop, they glow. And the whites are, are pure white. And that's what I love about that film is like, I can get those black hole blacks, but I can get that glowing highlight in the same image and still have some tonal range but have high contrast and uh, just a really nice image. But something for me I've had to learn to adjust for myself is printing in the darkroom, those images are really, really hard to print. Um, really high contrast images are not easy to print in the darkroom at all. Yeah. Uh, you need more of a tonal range to be able to get, to dial in your proper exposure without like burning out all your blacks or you know 
not having your detail and your highlights come through on your print. So that's something for me myself I've had to adjust. We're talking about phases. That's like I went trying starting off trying to shoot that Tokyo Noir, like super crushed, all black, like tons of contrast shots. And then I started printing and I was like, I can't do this. I'm spending an hour, two hours trying to get a print done and, and coming out disappointed. Uh, and Bryce Randall told me, he's like, yeah, man, you gotta, you want to shoot for low contrast and add that contrast in your printing session, whether it be with filters or dodging and burning, that's where you're going to get your contrast in the dark room. So that was something that kind of transitioned me to shooting more neutral tones if I'm shooting to print. And, you know, sometimes I might shoot still with trying to get that noir look, but it's not as often anymore because I'm always thinking like maybe I'm going to print something off of this roll. Maybe I'm going to print something off of this roll. So it's hard for me to shoot that way anymore. So now I do shoot more of a, a tonal range and then I might edit it after, even if it's not going in the dark room, I might edit that picture to that um, in post-processing because to me, I don't think there's anything wrong with post-processing and that's another phase I had to move into was like I used to not touch it come out of my camera that's what it was but I think like in my mind I have an idea of how I want these pictures to look and I don't right. think there's anything wrong with whether I take it one way I take it neutral and I, I take it you know in the dark room and I add that contrast or if I take it on Pixelmator and add that pro that contrast like and, and get that look I want you know yeah I could do that in camera if I chose to but that limits what I can do with that photo later and that's just yep. not how I want to. That's not how I, I want to shoot anymore. Man, yeah, I'm gonna shoot a bunch of 120 black and white, and that's what I ordered. And one that I'm really excited about is Ilford Pan F Plus. It's a 50 ISO film. I don't get it 120. That's I'm so pumped to shoot that. Gorgeous, gorgeous film. But again, that's a high contrast film. So yeah, keep I'm gonna shoot it at sunrise too. Man, on, that like there's film. a lake and a cornfield. It's gonna be crazy. That film's got a pretty solid uh, reciprocity failure also. So that's when I like to shoot in pinhole. I think that that looks nice. absolutely amazing with a red filter on pinhole. Um, it's got amazing tones, and it's a gorgeous, gorgeous film. So it will do well at sunrise and sunset and even night photos as long as you you know, know your reciprocity times and have a tripod. Right. I think one of the shots up from you that I took of you in uh, Joshua was on the Pan F50. Who me? Yep. Nice. What? Okay. Think, yeah, one what of the black me? and whites. Either either when you were kneeling down. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Or one yeah. one of the other ones. Yeah, dude, that was a great shot too. I love yep. that image. Yeah, so I'm pumped to see that man, and definitely. Yeah, and all that shit about the tonal range, that that's what I that's why I've gotta go all into black and white. I gotta learn all that shit, right? I need to know what the film's gonna do and then what it's capable of so when I wanna apply it and post what I can get out of it and post. Because same point. I'm gonna have a I, I know exactly a few images that I wanna take and I haven't even been this place I've just done research online of the of the area. So I know when I go there the image I want. So I need a film that's gonna get me part of the way there and I'll finish it and post. But yeah. I, I don't know which stock's gonna do it, so it's gonna be a lot lot of trial and error yeah yeah and that's why i like that that 2238 right you know 
because you know it's bright sun over here and even on some of my cameras i try to shoot 100 100 speed film and you know it's still blow it out so that 25 that iso 25 film i can uh, i can have fun right. yep. so here's yep. a, here's a tip mac if you're moving into black and white you're wanting to embrace it and yep. get that tonal range go pick up ansel adams book the negative and then go and read it it's dense it's a dense read but read it and then if you you'll, you'll get a lot out of that um and then also the print is probably really good to read after that the camera is a good one but you know a lot of that stuff already but when you get into the negative right. and the print like that's when he gets into talking more about zone system and i very very highly recommend you do some learning on the zone system if you're getting into shooting black and white because the zone system is all about being able to achieve the tones that you want through proper exposure and that's getting get yourself a light meter i know you have cameras that have amazing light meters but get yourself a light meter test your light like find something that's like a middle gray or get a gray card test that gray color you know that's your middle gray in this scene and then you can work your tones out that you're gonna have based on exposure so like just take an afternoon go out plan to not take a lot of photos take a notebook with you to write down your meter readings and then what I was when I was learning how to do this what I would do I would measure my highlight I would measure my darkest shadow and then I would take a gray card reading and I have that black cat exposure guide that you get on the FPP uh, and it has a gray card on the back of it and that's what I would use it's 18% gray but you can also go get you can look online at Sherman Williams and see what their 18% gray is and go pick up a free paint card from Sherman Williams um, or any other paint store for that matter like Home Depot Lowe's wherever you go um, and you can get a gray card and keep that with you because that will let you be able to measure that that middle gray but I say that because you you your tape, you can see the amount of stops different in that light that you have, and you can kind of judge the tones of gray that you're going to have in your image by knowing your darkest dark and your widest white and your middle tone color. You can adjust your exposure properly to fit that range in your images. Yep, smart. You better have a pot of coffee ready too, man. That sounds like a snooze fest. I mean... <laughs> you know, just just the whole reading and everything. I mean, they should make a documentary or something about the zones. Right. There, are, there are tons to and tons intake. and tons of videos online that you can watch on the zone system. Yeah. There, you can you can go get like, find videos or like pages that do like the quick and dirty zone system just to kind of get you through. And that's kind of that's right. like what I'm describing. Like barely touches the surface of it. Um, there's a lot to it, and I'm not fully versed in it, but I do try to use what little knowledge I have of the zone system when using my exposures. So sometimes if I know I want a little bit more lighter tones and stuff, I might shoot it differently than just my meter reading, which is reading for that middle gray. Gotcha. Yep. I'm all about it, man. I'm going to find out real quick. I'm, I'm, I'm in the country on Friday. Yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be that's cool. I can't wait to see what you you pull out of this. Yeah, it's gonna be a lot of medium format too, a lot of manual focusing, 
uh, I, I, damn, I, I didn't get my meter in time. I definitely want an external meter so bad, dude. Um, yeah. I just didn't order it in fucking time. But I, Did I, you I don't want to trust that my BS64. No. You didn't order one I, at all? And I, no, and I'm on the road tomorrow night. I'm going to drive like halfway tomorrow. I'm going to make it to Charlotte tomorrow night, and then I'll drive the rest of the way to the, almost the coast uh, on Friday. And then I'm there for 10 days, so I have plenty of time. I might Amazon something there real quick. You're going to New York, right? That North Carolina. North Eastern Carolina. North Carolina. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have a crazy uh, New York, day tomorrow? New York will be September. Uh, yeah, I got a pack and I have meetings right to the moment. Why? Well, is there somewhere to go? I can get one? Well, I mean, I Here can locally? take one to work and possibly meet you, maybe. Hold on. Let me look at my schedule. I got my calendar right that. here. We can work this Hell out yeah, off the call. We'll, we'll, I'll cut this out. We can yeah, let's do that. Off the call, but, um, right, I, might cool. let, I might let you borrow my, my 558. It's a spot meter and everything. Um, but... I know I'm going to be in Gainesville early morning, and then I'll be working my way back into the city, so maybe we can figure something out uh, tomorrow. And I'm in Alpharetta. Yeah. I know. I'm way the fuck up there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know okay. I don't have anything cool. near Alpharetta, but maybe we can work something out when I get my full <laughs> route tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, let's see. I'll bring it. I'm I'll still looking at meters on eBay, by the way. Um, get yeah, the three, I need one. Get the, I, want, I want an incident one, man. Yeah, get the Sekonic 308. Just... Just trust me. Just get the Sekonic L three hundred eight, or the three ninety eight. The three ninety eight is is great, but the three hundred eight is just a little bit more versatile, and it's got a flash metering on it. So just get the Sekonic three hundred eight. Can I say, hey, I want my aperture to be two point eight, and it'll tell me what the shutter speed should be? Yes. Well, it doesn't have Siri, so you can't say, hey. Correct. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. I'll, I'll, I'll be able to plug in an aperture and based yeah, on ISO, yeah. it'll tell me so shutter speed. Here's what it's going to do. Yes. Did you ever look at those videos that I sent on the group as far as like the way they work? Uh, no. No, I didn't think so. Um, so essentially, you're going to press the you're going to press the button. You're going to set your ISO. You're going to press that button, and it's you can set it up to tell you the shutter speed and then under the way it's going to work is it's going to tell you a number and then underneath it's going to have a row of numbers with an arrow pointing to it and you can set it up to either have your f-stop be the big number and your shutter speeds be the small numbers or vice versa so if you're more worried about aperture priority i would set your aperture as that yes. big number and your shutter speed as that lower number and then what you do is you just scroll left or right on it and then when you hit f Say you want to shoot at f1.4, when you hit that, it'll tell you it have a little arrow pointing at what shutter speed it needs to be. So you're, it's not going to say, hey, I want oh, that I want shutter speed, tell me. It's going to take a meter reading, and you just move it over to that setting. Got it. All right. Yeah, that sounds easy enough. I it's can do super that. simple. And again, the great thing about it is you hit, it's got a flash meter, so you hit the flash meter setting. It's going to wait. You can pop your test flash, and it's going to do the exact same thing with that. And it's incident too, yeah? It's an incident meter, and then you can also slide the little dome off and take a reflective meter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want incident. Yeah, that's perfect. Good. And it's and it's <laughs> cheap. 150 bucks. And this is the 308? That's the L308. I'm telling you, you will not be disappointed with it. Mm, that's a little out of my range. price range. 308. Uh, $100? What? Come on, you're a baller. What are you talking about? I'm going to sell an F100. <laughs> Do it. That's yeah. the next thing. I gotta sell all my. I, I'm done. I'm selling shit. It's gotta go. Yeah, That's your smart. new phase. That's my new phase. <laughs> Dude, I sold like five cameras. 
Really? So, yeah, I sold uh, F100. I sold oh, yeah. my Nikon F3. Yeah. Lainez got my uh, F100. I sold my F3. I sold my L35 AF2. I sold, um, shit, what else did I sell? I sold a ton of cameras. Uh, yeah, I've sold half my cameras, literally. I'm just like, I don't want to carry all this shit around, you know? Like, yeah. my Nikon FE2 is probably my favorite camera for everything but portraits. My Nikon F100, right? So if I'm shooting a model, I'm going to use my F100 because I'm going to mm -hmm. use my G-Glass. But other than that... Uh, and now I'm, I'm getting away from portraits probably. I'm still going to do them, but they'll be more project-based. Um, man, I love my FE2, and I, I love my Mamiya 645. So I don't really need anything else other than my point-and-shoots just for shits and giggles when I'm out and about with friends, you know? Yeah, yep. I feel you, man. I'm kind of the same way. Like, I shoot my Hasselblad. That's my number one. My Besso is pretty much my number two. My Shika Matt's my number three. Other than that, like I carry my little panorama point and shoot with me, and yep. I don't really need anything else other than my frugal film project camera. But that's only for a few more months, and then I'm done with that, and I won't use that camera anymore. It's I'm good, done with man. it. I'm tired yeah, of that camera after, yeah. after the amount of I've had to keep it with me and shoot it and forced to use it. I'm I'm over that camera. Which I'm one is over it again? A lot of my Elon Two. Oh. Uh, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that camera. I'm just started looking at it. Yeah. It's a fantastic camera. It takes great photos, but I'm just tired of looking at it. And we're, right. and we're only at the halfway point. <laughs> Dang. Oh. That sucks. It's yeah. like looking at an ugly chick. <laughs> That's awful. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. It's going that way. It's um, going south. We're going to quickly change the topic to, uh, so, hey. Well, did you guys get what you wanted to out of that? I know I kind of, oh yeah, zone system took over that a little bit, but did you kind of mm -hmm. get everything you wanted to out of that phases? Because I feel like, you know, we only barely scratched the surface of the different phases that you go through with photography because, you know, some people move through phases, format phases. You know, you might go from 35 millimeter to larger formats or you know some people step backwards and just move into those little pocket cameras and just want to shoot 110 and APS and yeah, I, you know small stuff like that and some people want to move into 4 4x5 or 8x10 or even the odd formats or or some people will go on like a pinhole bench and start shooting a lot of pinhole they're in their pinhole phase you know right but I don't think it's the format that you go into I think it's allowing yourself to go into that phase a lot of people are like eh, no but i'm doing this and you know this is what the majority of my images are and i don't think i can go do this i think that people should when they have that itch feel feel okay going all into that phase is you know whatever it is you can name every category of photography pick any of them but just go into it and allow yourself to do it and i think it's if you allow yourself don't don't be a mile wide and an inch deep you know like fucking go 100 miles deep into that thing you'll come out of it eventually or maybe not but until until you really jump you know deep into something you may not really get out of it what you possibly could have with the skills that you have available to you and then you may dismiss it in the future but oh yeah i tried that and it didn't work for me but you only did it for like a week and you only did like one or two rolls maybe or and out of those two rolls there were only one was one uh 100 speed one was 400 speed you know so that i think where i was going with the phases thing is like allowing yourself to do it just say fuck it uh life's short have fun with it go crazy with it and it's okay but yeah. yeah, I think that's that's no, complicated I, advice you, to give because like if you're gonna go that way, it's like you know, 
I'm gonna go try cocaine, but I'm gonna go like do all of the cocaine right off the bat. I don't know, man. I feel like that's a personal preference for you, and that works for you. But I don't think that that's necessarily like everybody's truth. All right. Yeah. Hey, I'm with you, man. Remember, I'm now respecting other people's opinions. I know. I don't know how to feel about this <laughs> non-combativeness. Right. I, like I, getting the short I see where you're coming here. from. Right. You're like, I want to fight you. And I'm Fuck like, you, Mac. I hate you right now. <laughs> Cocktail. I really value and respect your opinion. Even though you're dumb as fuck, I think it's yeah. really great that you have that opinion. I'm telling my mom. Hashtag, just kidding. I completely understand <laughs> you, and I know where you're coming from. Um, but but let's look at it from this from this perspective. I actually had that conversation today with one of my coworkers, <laughs> <laughs> and I just started. <laughs> yeah. So, but anyway, yep. but yeah, so, man. I mean, go 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 head deep, man, and just I'm doing it. You know, just get it done, See what and, and then you'll know. I mean, you'll know right after you figure out which one's your black and white stock that you're going to do. Or even during your testing of black and white stock, you're going to be like, fuck this shit. I'm going to go back to color. Right. <laughs> you know, you, you may just earlier, do that. To your point earlier, you know, my photography isn't going to change the fucking world, so it doesn't matter. Let me just do, let me just have fun with it. Yeah. Like, scratch that itch as deeply and thoroughly as possible. And there it is. It's really but unimportant in the scheme of things anyway. My photography is not shit. Who cares? I, I care, but you know anyone else. Yeah. So yeah, man, I'm gonna scratch that itch. Yeah. So I'm happy about it, and it's weird too because I've always wanted to give myself permission to do it, to go all in. But I'm like, no, no, it'll fuck up your feed, and then like X, Y, or Z may happen. Who cares? Who cares yep. if it does? I don't care. Um, no. So yeah, it's very liberating for me to be able to do that. And then when I bought, you know, I, and I I put my money where my mouth is, so I dropped you know a couple hundred dollars on, on black and white films. So I got to shoot that shit, you know. Yep. <laughs> so I'm gonna do it, and yeah, uh, it's a great opportunity to do it. Uh, no, I, I I don't hold on to film. I will shoot right. that shit for sure. As I am multitasking, I pick up my phone, and picking up my phone is a great lead way into this next topic that we want to stay uh. on for. A Okay, and I know Dustin you want to talk about, but look, check this out. So, at my day job, like, I am a product manager at a software company, and one of the products, you know, the department I'm in is consumer engagement, and I, I run a product that allows small businesses to communicate, communicate to their customers on as many channels as possible, as easily and seamlessly as possible. And, uh, you know, one of the morals of the story there is, like, you can't just focus on one channel. Uh, you have to diversify, right? Because that one channel, they may change their algorithm or make you pay to play, and then you as a business are going to struggle. So if you're a photographer, you know, to get your shit out there, you need to be going across multiple channels. This new app came out. Um, it is called... Fuck, I just had it... Day flash. I saw the article on, on F Stoppers. Sounds like hot flash. Right. Day flash. It's, it's a cool. It's a cool app, and it's only on iOS at first. Some people are gonna be like, uh. But listen, in software, you don't want to like. You want an MVP, a minimum viable product, right? Pick a popular platform, build out a base level set of features there incrementally improve it see if your concept works if it does go to other ones instagram was you know ios only for 18 months so this isn't a new concept and instagram they turned out all right they have literally a billions of users so uh they they did okay with that approach 
this app, what I like about it is, first of all, the images are full screen. Uh, there's not a feed that you scroll through per se that you can see comments and likes, and then they can jam ads in there. Like you literally scroll up with your thumb, and it it takes a whole full screen image and replaces it with another whole full screen image. You tap it, it'll give you the details at the bottom. Then you can like it, and then you can go left to get out of the image. Uh, it looks like it looks really high quality. It's innovative UI. It already has over a hundred thousand users on it. The dude who wrote the article here's a quote from him. In a nutshell, Dayflash is a place where shared photos and videos take spotlight, literally, since each post is designed to be full screen. It's not about promotion or paid engagement, as neither followers or post engagements can be bought. The only way images make their way into public popularity is simply by producing and sharing high-quality and visually engaging imagery. Um, yeah, I think it's a cool app, and yeah, it's not going to be the next fucking Instagram, obviously, but... We all complain about Instagram. How about if you have an iOS device, give Dayflash, D-A-Y-F-L-A-S-H, a try and at least create a profile. Uh, I'm Max Shoots Film on there. Hit me up and uh, I can check out your images on a full screen because I do hate you know, how little those fucking images are on Instagram. And you got to scroll and then, of course, the quality reduction it glares in your face at that point when you pinch zoom outward to, to look at it but i like that there's competitors coming out and as photographers we, we definitely should diversify our channels that we're posting on so we're not controlled by some algorithm like all these photographers piss and moan oh the instagram algorithm changed i was getting 20 likes now i'm getting two like well don't hold yourself hostage to one channel go to all the channels this is another one try it out i hear you and i signed up for it my username is for the love of grain. I haven't put anything on there yet, but I want to use this app about as much as I want to try mustard ice cream, and that's <laughs> not at all. Or as much as I want to do a line of cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got the Conde name. You could be an importer exporter, brother. Come on. That's true. That's true. <laughs> my damn peeves. <laughs> why why couldn't they? Why couldn't my peeves be like uh, Einstein or something? You know, somebody who like made, did good. I don't know. He did the atomic bomb, so I'm not sure. No, for real though. Okay, my biggest beef with this, you call it innovative. It's it looks like fucking Instagram. Dude, yep. it does not. It's the exact fucking opposite. Ed, I'm, I'm looking at it Ed, now. Does it not look no, like I'm not Instagram? gonna I'm not gonna download that piece of shit. I'll tell you that right now. I, Ed, I've you cut been, me deep, brother. You cut me deep. I'm I'm sorry, brother, but I, I just you know, there's that other one called Ello that I joined, and it's the same thing. It was, you know, no commercials or whatever, no advertisements, full screen images or whatnot, but nobody's there. And, right. yep. you nobody's know, nobody's there because fuckers aren't downloading it and trying it. Yeah, but uh, you know, the thing about it is not- full screen, but it's full screen fucking portrait mode, goddammit. So, like, what yep. about people who don't, aren't taking... It's, it's like an app for portrait photographers. Like, if yep. you're taking portraits, fucking go love it, because it's going to yep. be great. But if you even think about posting a panorama or a landscape po- photo, like, gonna, you literally gonna laugh lose two-thirds of the fucking screen. Yeah. Sad. Very sad, guys. Very sad. But so, you know what? You, you could be your representative other. I'm going to do it. I was going to say, you can, you can go and, and love this app all you want to. And, you can you know, give us a report every week. The thing is, is like it still has censorship <laughs> the same way that the same way that Instagram does. So you don't yeah. gain anything there. Um, can't show dicks. Yeah, you, you, no, you can't no show dicks. dicks. 
You can't show dicks. You can't show nips. Which you know that's fine. But yeah, whatever. As, as a point of whatever, you can't show the images that you want to show without editing them. And again, you post a landscape photo. It's not a full screen fucking photo. You literally are only using one third of your screen at that point. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. That's, that's, hey, I respect your opinion, Dustin. I don't. I don't respect your opinion on that. I think you're, <laughs> I think you're it, wrong. I think you're wrong. Your I, I think you oh, need man. to just throw your phone against the wall. No, sir. No, sir. I love my phone. And that loves me. We're in a happy relationship right now. Um, no, but seriously, uh, it's, a, it's a cool alternative to those listening. Okay. Just because Poophead McGee and uh, A-Hole McGee don't like it, I think you guys should try it out. Hit up Max Shoots Film and post your reduced to a third size landscape photos or full screen portrait. And I, I'll give them a double tap. How about that? <laughs> I, probably, I mean, um, I, I, I downloaded it, but man, I don't get along with Instagram. I barely post shit on there. I'm not going to go and devote more time to another app that I'm not going to use. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. But I do say all this in jest. Like, go check out the app. I'm sure it's fine. Yep. Um, but yeah. you won't see me fucking around on it. I won't be on there. But what about the logo shit? Let's, can we talk about that real quick? Just throw that out there. We can. So we have- yeah, we can talk about the logo. So, guys, we've been starting to get some really cool logos. Um, we've got a lot of stuff that would make like cool stickers and cool T-shirts, but I think we need to do a little bit of a clarification about what we're looking for here. Um, we're looking for something that we can use as a logo on social media platforms. Something that we could like put on a business card. On what is what is that? What is that stuff that people used to use when they what they would write stuff on? Um, stationary. Stationary. Yeah, man, how fucking lame do I sound right now? Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> stationary though. Look, I've never, I've never had to use stationary professionally, so I didn't, rem- I couldn't remember it. Um, yeah, like something that a logo that you would put on stationary. Okay, like we've got a lot of really, really awesome submissions in, but we've really only got a few that kind of fit what we were looking for. Like something kind of professional looking, something that said what we were, and you know, said. Grainy Days podcast and like something to do with film, but it's a cool logo. Um, now saying that, we have got a lot of really rad shit that we would make like great stickers, make great T-shirts that we will probably use in the future with your permission, of course. Um, and we're gonna put up a poll on our Facebook page, the one where we usually announce our shows on Facebook. Um, we might put it up in. The Negative Positives Facebook group as well, or share link to said poll, and let you guys decide the photo that we use for said logo. That way, it's not just us taking a pic and, and choosing, because while, you know, that's certainly not out of the realm of us choosing our own logo, we think it would be fun to, you know, let you guys have a say in that decision, mm-hmm. and we have gotten so many cool ones, it, it, it's kind of hard for us to pick, so. Yep, yeah. We can um, we can take like the top three, yeah. you know, and then and then we can decide our own. Yeah, I think that's I think that sounds totally fair. Um, so how long do you guys think we should run this logo for? Because it's not like we really need it. It's not like it's something that we're, you know, necessarily hurting for at the moment. Um, so what do you think right. we should go time frame like end of September possibly? Shit, dude, that's a long time. Um, yeah, yeah end of, or end of, or end of or end beginning August, of bro. September. Let it run through August. Yeah. 
and then yep, put yep. the poll up. We'll put the poll like leave submissions open for another month, and then put the poll up for a week or so. Sounds yeah. good. Yeah. Sounds good. Okay, so you guys hear that? Heard that live in your ears at this very moment? That we're gonna let this go until September first. September first hits. We're gonna cut off submissions for the logo contest. And let's be honest, as we we might still allow it, but don't don't listen to what I just said. Like September first. Logo contest submissions need to be in if you want to do so. We're going to put up a poll, um, and we're, we're going to put up every image that has been submitted. So those of you that have submitted multiple, that just means that you have more chances to win. Or And, yep. and we do have a cool swag bag that is going to whoever wins this. So don't forget that you know this is not just a let me submit a logo for nothing. There is going to be some cool shit in there, some film, some, you know, this that and the other we've talked about it in other podcasts you can go listen back and we'll we'll get in touch with whoever wins and figure that out but um submit something if you want to i think it will be cool it'll be a fun little competition i suppose and see what you come up with any of you guys any of you guys have anything to add to that any like specifications or things to no i think you got it covered man yeah great fucking job dustin Thanks, man. You're yeah. the you're the best. Um, <laughs> you're the bestest ever. You're the bestest ever. ever. Okay, tops, so only tops. Mac, you've been yes. playing with that. You mentioned last week with Birgit. You've been playing with that Lomo Petzval lens. Have you actually like mm-hmm. shot a lot with that thing yet? Fuck yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, we definitely went Richard Pryor on this episode. Um, uh, so part of my week update was. I so I've made a trip across country. I've left Arizona. Right now, I'm currently in northern Atlanta. I'm staying with Max at Dad Shoots Film on IG. His wife uh, is an aspiring model, and her and I and Max went to the wineries just north of here. There's like some really rad wineries north of here, and uh, I took the Petzval lens. I had it on the Nikon FE2. I shot a roll of double X and a roll of Cinestill 50D. I made a vlog out of it. I just have to develop the film uh, and post the vlog. But, dude, so, yeah, I ran it on a digital camera just to test it out. Looks awesome. I'm excited to see what it looks like on film, especially that double X. It was, uh, it, it, <laughs> There are definitely some cons with it. One, okay, so I don't, people need to understand this rack focus. So there's a knob on the side that like shifts the lens elements forward and backwards. So that mm-hmm. that's actually kind of cool. But what, what I found was where I wanted to be in focus was always at a sticking point in the knob. So I had to like force it and then hold it so it wouldn't go, you know, like a, it would hang up and then it just goes real fast. So I just hold it and hang up and that's my focusing point. Also, it doesn't have, uh, aperture blades so th- it has inserts that are the size of the aperture so there's like a metal tab that you stick in that has a hole cut in it that's f 1.9 a hole cut in it, f 2.8 so the benefit of that is you know how like some lens manufacturers brag about how many blades they have and the more blades the more round the out of focus bokeh balls would be or bokeh right. balls if you're Oof, pretentious uh yeah. Oofta. Um, Oofta. <laughs> okay. Uh, but I say boca. Classic clam, uh, Classic. But, so, yeah. But those fucking metal tabs, 
I would flip the camera sideways to go in portrait mode. I lost the f 1.9, like the first five minutes I was out there. So I was shot at F2 at the rest of the day. Um, that was the only problem I really had was those tabs that go in there. But do you man, have to use one of those tabs? Uh, so when I was testing it with the DSLR, I did not put any tabs in there mm-hmm. and it was fucking crazy, right? It was like just a extreme center was in focus. It was crazy, but it was, it was a compelling image, right? I'm not going for a perfect image. I, I want it to be a little funky, right? This is a lens made in the like 1830s or some crazy shit, yeah. right? This is a long time ago. That was the technology back then. Also, what's cool about those metal tabs, like I spoke on the last episode, they have like shapes cut in. So instead of an aperture mm-hmm. circle, it'll be like a, a fucking star, right? So if you are in a dimly lit place that has a whole bunch of like Christmas lights in the background and you put that star in there, the, the, bokeh, the bokeh in the background is going to be a bunch of stars. So you can get really creative with it. You can dial in the amount of intensity of the swirl of the bokeh, one to seven. Um, so I did it with digital and then this whole shoot was all film so i still have to develop that and it was it's a super rad backdrop too i'm excited to see how it is i had her like right in the vineyard and we were up on this um the winery itself has this huge fucking terrace overlooking the vineyard vineyards and i put her there so i i think it's going to make amazing images and like everybody i was walking by they were like holy shit that's a cool camera because thing i had on a, a silver nikon fe2 body and Birgit sent me the brass lens one. I asked mm-hmm. for the black one, but she's like, uh-uh, Boca Bros going to shoot brass. So yeah. she sent me the brass one. And, man, it was a sunny day. I was blinding the shit out of people with that. It was blingy AF, and I loved Ooh, it, man. That's awesome. Um, and, and it's cool to just be able to go out there and know that, like, without trying very much, I'm going to get some creative fucking shots, you know? So, like, I'm very thankful that Lomography sent me that. And I'm excited to be able to develop those images and post that vlog and get some coverage. It's the 58 millimeter f 1.9 Petsville Art Lens by Lomography. It's it's a great lens. You can check it out online. Man, they really outdid themselves with the craftsmanship. That thing is built like it's a, a tank. Yeah, super high quality. I mean, like they really outdid themselves. That's a kick-ass lens, man. Like people think a lot of Lomography is just like you know lower quality plastic stuff, and that's what they're going for with a lot of this, right? That's that plastic fantastic. But this one, they were like, "F it, we're, we're going nuclear on this, and we're going to make the best." And it is yep. so nice. Yeah, they're all their. They have a another set of art series lenses. Um, yep. That you know, like portrait lens and the fisheye and something. I can't remember the name of. Of what they call that series, but there's like three or four of those lenses that uh, you can adapt to Nikon, Canons, and uh, I don't know what else. Pentax, I think, too. Um, yeah, I'm but, excited to see it, man. Yeah, yeah. Like, how's it gonna look in black and white? And you know? holy shit, I'm so pumped. Mm-hmm. I prefer I prefer the look of the the bokeh and whatnot in black and white images because I think it's less distracting because it can it can get really distracting in color. We've already talked about how we color can be distracting but especially so in shots where there is a lot of out of focus area yeah right and this is going to have a ton of out of focus area and like we're talking about sandy femster he's shooting a four five like in black and whites that bokeh bokeh is so like it's ethereal it's like yeah. yeah it's crazy you're like holy shit it's real painterly so uh, man i'm so pumped um but yeah those those, those tabs man you got to watch out for that if you buy that and you you have it in there because this one, like, let's say the top of the lens is 12 o'clock. It sits at like 10:30. So when you turn that camera to the left, that thing goes ching and it'll bounce off the sidewalk. But that one bounced into the grass and I didn't hear it. And then we were walking. I was like, all right, let's set up for this next shot. And I look for my tab. I'm like, 
motherfucker. I lost that. We're gonna shoot at F two now, guys. You know, and then yeah. Boca I mean, Bro's gone at that point. F two is not a huge difference, so that's not. But also, I want to say that. The f-stop is not the only uh, determinant of the bokeh with that lens. You do have a, a bokeh intensity dial on the body that can go from 1 to 7, 7 being crazy swirly, 1 being just subtly swirly. Then you plus that with the f-stop you're at. So it's a combination bokeh effect. Hmm. Uh, and and it's, they explain it in the manual I was reading on the way up there. Like um, it's spherical glass and a lot of lenses you put a bunch of groups in there to try to overcome that. Mm -hmm. But in the Petzl, it doesn't and it embraces it and you can actually dial it in with turning the lens. So it's, it's really crazy. It's really awesome. And it's cool to have in your bag so you have more options, you know? Do you know what yeah. lens group setting it is like is it a, a sonar based lens is it a tessar you know planar do you know what kind of lens grouping it is nope but i have all the world's knowledge at my fingertips right here i'm gonna tell you <laughs> uno momento. so that said um uh, i have a little lens that uses little discs similar to the blades that you drop down into the front of it i have a little lens baby have you have you guys seen or had any Ooh, um, yeah Mm. Yeah, I've never so, had any experience with it, but I've seen them. So I have a little lens baby for my Canon that I got at a thrift store. Actually, I bought it the same time I bought my Canon. Like, I bought the little Elon 2. I bought a lens baby. I bought the Canon. And I bought a 75 to 300 macro lens. And I think I spent like 30 bucks on all of it. Um, but that little lens baby is rad. I, like, I love that little lens, and I don't use it that much anymore. That's what used to live on my little Elon 2 before I started this project with the rest of the people. Um, and that's a fun little lens to shoot, and wide open, It's I think it's like f1.8 as well. And it has little discs that you drop in for the aperture, and then I think it only goes to f16 or f11. It's not like a super small um, thing, and... Uh, it also has one, I can't remember what shape it is, but it does have one shaped disc. But what's cool about it is you can just set the disc down on a piece of cardstock, you know, and like out and, and cut your own shape into it if you wanted to. Nice. Yeah. It doesn't say what this is, if it's sonar or anything. It's just four elements in three groups. And the tabs that I'm talking about that you said, the aperture, mm -hmm. they call them Waterhouse. Um, yeah. Waterhouse stops. And and they have inserts from F1.9 all the way up to F16. Yeah. And that's the cool thing about the lens, baby, is it's it's solid circles as well. Yep. So it's perfectly mm -hmm. round, bokeh, or like I said, bokeh, yeah. if yeah. you want to be that guy. What I like about it is like you can get so, you can get like almost tilt-shifty type effects, like really lame, right. super bokeh-y, tilt-shifty effects with that lens, baby. Um I'm going to pull that thing out soon. I'm going to start shooting with that again because I forgot how rad that little lens is until I start talking about it. So, yeah. Beck, we, yeah. I feel like we kind of have um, have done you wrong, man. We've made you wait until almost the end of the episode, and we don't even know what you've been up to lately. Yep. Man, it's, it's been crazy. Like I said, coming across the country, uh, I'm on my way just – into North Carolina, like I said, I, I did that shoot at the winery this past weekend. Man, it's been uh, I've been laying low pretty much. I, I have a shit ton of film to develop. I, I did that shoot. I'm trying to think what else have I done. I've just been buying a bunch of film. That that one shoot, ton of black and white. Uh, next episode, I'll have a shit ton more to talk about because I've done two shoots by then. 
I'm excited about that. No, you've been playing with yeah. a little program that you've had some frustrations with, right? Do you want to talk about that? Oh. It's not something oh, that, yeah. that oh, yeah. Ed and I can... Negative okay. Lab Pro. Yeah. Yeah, so let's talk about that. So one of the main reasons that I purchased Negative Lab Pro, those who don't know what that is, it is a plugin for Lightroom that... You, if you're a DSLR scanning person, you know you're you're taking a photo of a negative, so you need to convert that negative. Um, and if you're using like ViewScan, you can scan your negatives as a digital negative. And then what this application does, it sits in Lightroom. You have your digital negatives in there. You uh, can just open up, click the plugin for Negative Lab Pro, and it will convert that negative, you know, into a positive and bring the color into it. Now, one of the the benefits, purportedly of this is having a raw file, right? So a raw file, the one of the benefits of using raw files in post-processing is they have a shit ton of like latitude in developing. So you can really grab stuff out of the shadows, bring highlights way back. The dynamic range is super wide in that, as opposed to a JPEG where moving the sliders typically on a JPEG, like to take highlights out or add exposure, you'll blow it out like moving a quarter of a... Uh, even a tenth of a movement right or left. So some, you know, people were like, "Hey, I want a bigger file, like a digital negative or a raw file, because you have a latitude." But the the negative is, it is a hundred meg file. So I was scanning digital negatives on ViewScan. I was like, "Oh yeah," I was like, "Water and mouth ready to develop the, you know, to import them in Lightroom and and be able to just play around with them." Well. When you convert them, you lose all of that latitude. What well, I did, I don't want to say, uh, maybe there's something I'm doing wrong, but I noticed that I immediately lost all the latitude and the JPEGs that I were getting, I was getting out of my view scan had more latitude. And that, that should not be the case. My JPEGs were 20 megs coming out of view scan and a digital negative was a 100 megabyte file. It must be something in the conversion of that negative to a positive to be able to you know, see the color. Um, that it loses its dynamic range and latitude because if I shift the hot, the exposure to the right just a smidge blown out uh, or to the left, it gets really flat looking. And I'm like, this is not good. So the the look that it bakes in is almost, it is more permanent and restrictive than the JPEG straight out of a freaking view scan. So to be honest, I've completely quit using it. I, I, I only used it on uh, two rolls of film and then I was like, I'm not using this anymore because I have more latitude in my JPEG. So I'm doing something wrong or I'm wasting a lot of disk space with a bunch of 100 meg files that have no range on them. Uh, and so if anyone is listening and you experience this, let me know. And the way to replicate it is do just that. Convert that negative and then try to like move the shadows. And, and of course, uh, when you convert it, everything flips in Lightroom. So normally, to increase shadows, you drag the slider to the left. Well, when you flip that negative, you have to drag it to the right to increase shadows. So everything's backwards in Lightroom once you convert it with Negative Lab Pro. And I do want to say, instead of buying Negative Lab Pro, you could take that digital negative from your DSLR that you took a picture of your negative, and you could literally import it into Lightroom, and there's your, your curve in the right. You can take the the dot in the top right, drag it all the way to the bottom. Take the dot in the bottom left, drag it all the way to the top, and you just reverse that negative for free. And and you'll have the same lack of latitude that Negative Lab Pro gives you. So if you're into huge files with no latitude, download, pay $100 for Negative Lab Pro, 
or just manually flip the tone curve. And other people are going to be like, no, you're doing it wrong. And I'm totally cool with doing it wrong. So please tell me, what am I doing? I, I, it shouldn't be this way. Long way of saying, I'm, I'm displeased. Initially, I was happy. And the only reason I was happy was because like Portrait 400 is a color film that I can never get right in post. Portrait 800, slam dunk every time. But 400 is a bastard in post. Mm-hmm. I mean, in scanning to get right. It's something weird about that for me personally. I'm not saying in general, but for Matt McDonald, there's a motherfucker to get right Portrait 400. But it, the conversion out of the box was pretty rad with Negative Power Pro, but when I wanted to make it a Matt McDonald image, it was like, F you, this is what you're getting. Uh, take it take it or like it, you know? It was one of those. So, uh, And I didn't take it or like it. I, I don't use it anymore. So any of you listeners that are pros or if you're the maker of Negative Lab Pro, reach out to me set me straight i'm a big boy i can take it and uh, i'll be on the next podcast saying yeah i'm an idiot and here's what you need to do but i don't i don't think so dude 100 megabyte file i better be able to fucking do something with that file besides a tenth of an adjustment right or left yeah there's a facebook group that i'm a part of for the negative lab pro because i decided that like i wanted to see people using it before i spent the money on it and yeah you know my whole thing is I don't really use Lightroom for editing, you know, everything goes from my Fuji to the Pixelmator app on my iPad and I edit it there and I do exactly what you're talking about. I do all my inversions with the little slider, but I'm also doing black and white, so it's a lot easier to do that and not have to worry about right. color correction because you literally yeah. just have to flip that and you've got your photo, you know. I flip that, desaturate it so you don't have any like color casts on it and boom, done. Um now that said, there is that Facebook group that I highly recommend if you're not a part of. Go and join it. Express your displeasure with the app and the issues that you're having. And let those people who are literally in that group and that's what they're doing is like helping each other work through these issues. So you might go on there and see somebody else is having that issue too. And just know like, oh, right. this is a bullshit part of this app right now. Or mm-hmm. you might have some setting fucked up that didn't install right on the packet when it was you know, going through and doing its thing, put loading its presets and whatever in. You might have something that, you know, got a wire cross along the way, or you might have just be really fucking that stuff up and not doing well. So Yeah. It is a kid. Yeah, that much a possibility. I mean I did try a lot, man. I was trying all the permutations, all the presets. Um yeah, I I went through almost everything. So there's something some trick that I'm not applying and one thing I've noticed is that everyone's images pretty much look the same out of that too, and I, I, don't, I don't want my images to look like everyone else's. I want it to look like the film stock I'm shooting with a little bit of Matt McDonald, you know? Well, just so. remember, you know, it, it, anyone that takes an image with and um, you get another photographer who takes a picture with the same Sony, it's going to look the same. And that's pretty much what, you, what you're kind of doing, I guess. And then you're just tossing that filter in there. Which is a, just a preset, you know. A lot of people. Are yeah, that preset's overriding everything because. Yeah. Yeah, everybody's using different lenses, and those lenses impart a certain like color characteristic as well. Some are contrasty, mm-hmm. some are deep and rich. So it, it's it's offsetting all of that, and like everybody's portrait four hundred starting to look alike. And what made what made me think about this again today was you know that the Bill Manning he was using it for his comparison of that plastics. Um, "Quote unquote scanner and a D8 whatever Epson, right? He was using negative, not pro. And I was like, holy crap, that um, looks just like the scans that I had. And I was like, why is it? You know, 
you want some differentiation. And then I, it reminded me that there's no latitude in those files and it may be something I'm doing. So I'm totally okay with being wrong. If someone would just hit me up, I would definitely check out the group. Uh, as well, because I think that's a great resource. Thanks for pointing that out, Dustin. Definitely yeah. check that out. Yeah, I think I'll get on there too, just to see what's going on. I'm not going to poke the bear, though. Yeah, I'm going to respect other people's opinions. I'm like, hey, great opinion. No, but you know, I, I think I, just... I like the new Mac. <laughs> <laughs> Very zen, dude. Very nice, man. We'll see how long it lasts. I just said, yeah, well, that's real. Hopefully, it doesn't. No, Hopefully I am trying to be more respectful. <laughs> No, I'm trying to be more respectful of other people's opinions because, like, everyone is entitled to their opinion. And, like, the biggest asshole in the room is the person who's like, my opinion is right. And I don't want to be that guy. Mm -hmm. So, like, I need to be pragmatic. And uh, if if I'm wrong, I definitely w I will own it. I promise that. And uh, I just need to be told I'm wrong. Like, don't, don't beat around the bush. Be like, Mac, here's the deal. But if it's just your opinion, then okay. But I will respect your opinion. That's where I want to be. I want to be in a place where I respect other people's opinions. They don't have to be right. I just need to respect their opinion. That's a weird place for Matt McDonald. <laughs> Why am I talking about myself in third person? I, I just like that too. Uh, yeah, yep. I don't like so, that part of this new Mac. Nope, nope. But so yeah, Negative Lab Pro, try it out. I mean, if you have trouble converting images and you want something out of the box that is acceptable, it's probably a, a, a good thing for you. But just know that. There may be issues, but those issues may not even be real. So join the Facebook group that uh, Dustin talked about, and they might be able to help you out with that. Or just buy the Kodak box, developing box, like Dustin did for 40 bucks. Yeah. Convert it yourself. Flip it around yourself in the post. Um, you're using, what, Pixelmator or something like that, Dustin? Yeah, I use Pixelmator. The same. Yeah. Ed actually told me about it. I was using Snapseed to invert everything or the Darkroom app. Um just depending on how I felt that day. I like the Darkroom app a little bit better as far as like between that and Snapseed. Um, but Pixelmator, I just started using it and I really like it. I don't think I've, I'm, there's a whole lot of functionality in it. It's pretty much mm -hmm. like having Photoshop or Lightroom on your iPad, which is like crazy to me. Right. Um, and I like it because I have an iPad Pro, so I use my Apple Pencil for like the fine detail, and it, it's got like spot removal and stuff in it. If you're into that, um, yeah, it, it's it's no. it's a pretty rad little app. It's it's pretty awesome. The one thing I wish you could do, man, is just get the images straight from my library instead of being instead of importing them. Yes, right? that is a pain in the ass. I have to go and select one each image and then import it and go back and select an image yeah. and import it. That is a bit of a pain. Yeah. Yeah. But Snapseed, I've, tr I've been trying to use Snapseed, but it, it won't take my, my scans that I dump in there. I think they're too big for it to handle. And, um, there's another one that I was going to try, but it was like 20 bucks affinity photo okay. for the iPad. Cause I have it for the desk. Um, so I may try that just to see if I if it can just grab the image from the library and then write it back to the library because then then I can do all this touch up you know from my iPad which is one of the main reasons I wanted it. Did you yeah. put um, iPad OS 13 on there? Um, no, I think I'm still on like 12.8 or something. Okay, because there's I mean it's the beta. Yeah. You know, so that's that's what I put on my new one. So I'm able to use a mouse and everything, dude. Once iPad OS 13 comes out, or iPad OS comes out, but you have the gonna... new you have the new iPad Pro, though, don't you? Yeah. See, I have yeah. the I have the um, 11 inch iPad Pro, the the last version before they went to the new one. 
I have the 11 inch. Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. Maybe, I maybe got the 2018. Mine's, maybe mine's 10 and I a half then. The 20. Oh, okay. 10. Okay. Man, yeah, because I, I got sure. the the one that just came out last week, last year, I think. I bought mine um, two days before they announced the new models. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I think I've been there before. I did that with the Apple Watch. And then yeah. like a month later, freaking number four came out. Dickheads. Yeah. Regardless, I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. It works great. Uh, I, I love yeah. It. I really I really enjoy using it. It does everything I want it to do. So I don't really miss mm-hmm. any of the other features of the new. Right. The new new. Yeah, so, but you'll like it once the new OS comes out because you'll be able to dump it on there. And then once you'll be able to use mouse support, your whole editing. I mean, unless you use, use the pencil, right? Yeah, I use, the, I use the pencil for all that. But I don't know, is mine going to be able to do all the editing and stuff? It should be able to. Yeah, yeah, because it's just part of an OS thing. Okay, cool. And it's Bluetooth, so, you know, you got Bluetooth. I don't see a reason it shouldn't work. Cool. That, that will be yeah. pretty bad. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got to find something, because, like, I, I, my main computer is a Windows computer. Um, which is fine, you know. There's nothing wrong with that. But my iPad is my um, my old MacBook is so old, I can't really do anything on it anymore. As far as like, yeah. my 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 Photoshop on there is like sluggish as hell. I think I'm still on like Photoshop five because I was worried about updating it because I, I haven't updated it since God 2011 maybe. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Like I have the old black MacBook that that tells you how I think I got it. In, it's a 2007 Ooh. model. That's pretty old. Yeah, it's running like Mac OS X, and that's all. Um, yeah. So I can't really do anything on that anymore until I get a new Mac or iMac or whatever. I'm kind of stuck just using my iPad, so I can't import everything using iPhotos like I would like to at the moment. And I don't really like using apps on Windows if I don't have to. Yeah. So. Yeah. This was. Yeah, just... I ran with the Note Seven for the longest time with uh, like a old MacBook Pro that I, you know, somebody from one of my jobs that I had gave me, and and because I was just uh, I didn't want to spend money on buying a new Mac, um, you know, I ran that for like ten years, and then my other company bought me a Mac, so, so that's what I'm using now. <laughs> so so far, I've gotten lucky to get get ones that i can oh keep. sorry guys i was just i was just yawning over this, oh, this oh my god my, my hey bad, we listen to I, you. I respect your opinion though no we you listen, listen to you Obviously talk you about weren't. shit yeah <laughs> going off the deep end i, I see you how you guys. work dude yeah you did hurt <laughs> <me>. <laughs> hey, hey i respect your opinion <laughs> yeah oh, then i respect say that even if like no matter what we're talking about Okay. Oh man. Uh, All right. Well, let's move into something that yeah that that Ed and I have experience with that you don't again. So eat shit, Mac. Jesus. Okay. Okay. Hot steamy one. I don't have experience with that. Both of you do bulk rolling. I want to do it. What do I need to buy? What do I need to buy? Everything. You need to buy a bulk roller and a hundred feet of film. Do I gotta have the bolt roller in like a bag? How the fuck do I bolt roll something? Yeah, you need a dark bag, dude. Sorry, go ahead. So I use a daylight bulk. I think this is a Watson. I don't know exactly. There's like so many different types. There's like a Watson and a Lloyd's and whatever. I use the one that looks like 
I don't know. It's like a big circle. It's not the one that's pointy. It's like a it's like a flat circle almost with like one side squared off, and it's got the little thing, the crank on it. Um, I think I believe it's a Watson. So oh, I think we might have the same one. Let me go look. Go ahead. With Keep the red talking. circle in the center of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. So those are what I use. I have a couple of those. Um, it's super simple, Mac. It's it's dead ass simple you get your 100 foot yep. roll you unscrew the little red cap that holds it together for this particular model you in total darkness whether that's like a laundry room or a dark bag however you want to do it you transfer your 100 foot roll over into your bulk loader there's a slot on it for the film to go where like there's felt or whatever there that's going to block light from getting into the bulk loader and you just pull a little bitty strip through it, you close it off, and you're good to go. And literally, when you want to roll a roll of film up, you can either roll the whole thing at once and just not have to worry about your film being sensitive to daylight in this little tank, which it's not. Mine's a daylight loader, so I can sit in my living room and roll up a roll of film if I want to. But all you do is you take that little bitty tab that you've left out, and I usually put a piece of tape on it, and then I'll leave, a, if I'm using a reused canister from, say, Ilford or somebody, or Kodak, uh, I pull the little leader out, usually about a quarter of an inch. I'll tape it to the lead that's on my daylight tank. I wrap it around, put it in, and I crank it. It tells you how many cranks for however many exposures. I usually shoot for 24-ish, so... Any of my bulk rolls are usually around 24 to 26 shots on there. And then I cut the lead. I cut the little shape for the pickup, and you're done. Now, it's a little bit more complicated if you're using a reusable canister because then you have the little spool that you have to tape onto. And sometimes if you don't tape it correctly, it can, like, if you don't cut it straight and you don't tape it correctly, it can go at an angle which won't feed right and all that stuff and cause issues. But... That's not a huge deal. It's super simple, though. Yep. Okay. And then I can just buy re reloadable uh, rolls, yes. uh, case, no. cassettes. You can. Uh, you can, or uh, I can send you some. Yeah, or he can send yes. you some. I need some. Yeah. You need I some, Dustin? I do need some, actually. Okay. Yeah. I have um, 300 of it. Holy shit. Holy Where did shit. you get that from? I, I bought it on eBay. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I, yeah, because so I bought, yeah, it was like 300 of it, uh, of them. And because um, I was going to, I'm going to give some to Bartasek for, you know, for the shit that he does. Right. And, um, and I'm just looking and I already, I got, you know, several, like I got like 50 of them and I rolled up the, the, the remaining of the uh, Don Conde 1600 and then the UX 100. But I still have a shitload more, so yeah, I can send you boys some. Okay, I just yeah, yeah, you... and I just need to buy that loader. Yeah, so Ed, based on the picture, yes, we both have the Lloyd's loader, not the Watson. Yeah, that's the exact same one that I have. But um, I also Legacy do have Pro a Watson Lloyd's one as yeah. well. Yeah, so I'm gonna send you a, po a picture too of a little label that I use when I'm using reloaded film, so that I know it's a reloaded film. Uh, it should be on the group chat now. It's just this little label okay. that I print out. I'll get like the sticker oh, paper that's cool. from Walmart, and I'll run it through my printer, 
Um, I think I get like 20 of these on a sheet. And I'll just put this over it so I know that it's not a roll of whatever. So it's not a roll right. of Ilford. It's actually this. So then, done. And then I leave the notes section on there. I'll write, you know, where it was shot or what camera it was shot in, what ISO I shot it at, whatever. Um, but that's a fun little easy label that you can use for your thing. And for those of you listening, I know this is a really thing, a really, it's an audio podcast, so you don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. I have this little photo that I, or this sheet I got off of a website. I can't remember. Um, but I think I saved it to where it's about an inch and a half, maybe, maybe an inch and a quarter, uh, wide by about three inches long. And it says hand-loaded film on it. It's got a little box that says emulsion, a box that says exposure, and then a box that says notes. And I just wrap that around the film cartridge so that I know it's a hand-load and versus a bolt roll. Oh, that goes on the uh, that goes on the actual cassette. Yeah, that goes on the film cassette. Oh wow! I thought that was for the uh, for the actual loader, so you so you know what you have loaded. I mean, yeah, that would work too, but all I usually do for that is a roll of, or like a piece of painter's tape or whatever, but yeah, that would totally work for that too. Okay. Yeah, no, yeah. but I, I have, I'll, I'll print the, I'll print out a couple sheets of this and then I'll cut it and then I'll just, as I yeah. hand roll a roll and if I use a reloadable cartridge, I'll use this. Now, if I'm using, or if I'm reusing a cartridge, I'll use this. If I'm using those little plastic rolls, I usually just use painter's tape or a piece of like you know, bright gaff tape or something and write it on there. Yep. Yep. But I prefer these on the reloaded rolls just because for me it makes it easier to pick mm -hmm. this little label out versus a little piece of gaff tape on all these brightly colored labels that they have out. Exactly. Yeah. And then and then when you um, when you load the film in there, you just get some I just use regular scotch tape and then just make sure you um, you tape the the part that's sticking out of the cassette and then the film lead and just make sure the tape is over both of those uh, yes. ends or else they can get, it could really jack up your, your rewind on the, on the automatic camera, like the F 100. Yeah. I usually so, will wrap it all the way around. Mm hmm. Okay. Yeah. And a, a 100 foot roll, you can get about, 18 rolls of 36 exposures out of is what I googled and found out. So yep. Yeah, that's about right. Yep. Like if you're looking to see what the price comparison would be, how much money you would save, I think it's one to two dollars a roll in savings depending on the film stock. Yeah. 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 And I mean, I honestly, with UX 100, it's like 40 bucks that I pay plus shipping and taxes. Yeah, that stuff comes, comes out, out to about, about two bucks a roll. Mm hmm. Double yeah. X is, it's, the price is almost cut in half. It's about five dollars a roll for me with double X. Yeah, I was looking at FPP because I'm still on the fence about where what's my next in between uh, ISO, um, either FP4 shoot it at 200 or F or that or the BW or the double X, um, and it was like 89 bucks on the FPP. Oh, that's on sale then because usually it's 99.99 for a roll oh, really? of double X. Yeah, that's what that's I've always paid for it. I'm pretty sure is 100 bucks. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, what does Cine still sell it for? And I 11? think nine dollars. Yeah, nine or eleven dollars a roll, something like that. So you're getting two rolls for every one that you could purchase from them, and you have to pay shipping from them. 
Which has gone up. Yep. Which has gone up. So if you if you order a bulk roll and you can the thing about the FPP, you can order a bulk roller, a bulk roll, cartridges, everything you need to have it done, and it shows up on your door, and you're like, sweet, I just paid. What is what is their flat shipping rate? Like ten dollars. It's pretty cheap. Like you're saving that on two rolls of film. You know what I mean? Like just two rolls of yep. film that you've you've loaded of double X has paid for your shipping. In savings. Yeah. Right. That's true. And with myself, That's like I true. said, I do 24 exposure rolls, so I can normally get about 24 rolls out of a 100 foot roll at 24 exposures. I like but doing still. I like doing short rolls like that. 24. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then I usually do. I will usually start, and I'll do a. I'll do a couple ten rolls, a couple ten shot rolls, just for like testing with, and then I'll go from there. And then I do twenty four for all the rest. Can you bolt roll one twenty as well? Mm, no. Emulsive has an article on it. Oh really? Yeah, I need to check. Yeah, but you got to. Yeah, it, it seems like a pain in the ass because you got that whole backing paper and stuff like that, but. Right. It's possible. It's and that whole process has to be done in complete darkness. Again, like I could be bulk rolling right now talking to you guys if I wanted to, sitting at my desk with the light on and the computer screen and all yep. that. Yeah. That's what that's what I want. I want to do daylight bulk rolling. Uh, if I got to go put my arms in a sweaty-ass bag for an hour, I'll be pissed off, throw it out, and I'll, I'll lose a $90 roll. No, it's so easy. Roll. It's so easy to get the roll into the bulk loader. Um, yeah. And some of them will come with a little plastic center cartridge. Some won't. It just depends mm-hmm. on where you get it from and and what roll it is. Cheaper, yeah. Cheaper films don't like. I bought Fomapan. Yeah. That one came with it, the, the little core. Oh, did but it? But then I also, yeah, it came with the little core. And then uh, the Arista and the, the UX, the ultrafine stuff, didn't come with the core. It it just came like that. Yeah, I've I think never... it had like a, a little. Uh, some other little thing in there, but it wasn't a core. Pretty much all Kodak and Ilford will come with a core. Anything you get from the FPP usually comes with a core. Yeah. And that little core just makes it easier to put on the spool to find the spot to put it on the spool inside the bulk loader. Yep. And dude, they've you know, got. It's very easy, dude. T Max bolt roll, eighty bucks for a hundred feet. That's yeah, pretty that good. sounds about right. Most uh, most Kodak. Um, Bulk loads are going to be about eighty dollars. Ilford are usually like sixty to sixty-five. Yeah, FP fours I think is like sixty-six. Yeah. Let's just do some FP four. I usually like right now. I have I just run out of my double X as we talked about earlier. Uh, so Ooh. I have an empty bulk loader, and I have a bulk loader of Ultrafine, which I'm using for the frugal film project, the Extreme Four Hundred. So I have a few rolls of I just re-roll the same cartridge every time I finish mm-hmm. a roll, which actually I need to go buy a new cartridge now because this one is done or just use actually I think I'm I think I'm fine with that. I'll just reuse the cartridge I've developed today. Okay. Dude, yeah, the double X right now on film photography projects ninety bucks for one hundred feet. Yeah, and it's totally worth it. I mean if you look at it, so let's do the math right here, live on the call. So let's just say ninety dollars at eighteen. Break it down by eighteen. It's five dollars a, a roll. Yeah. Yeah. So then, if you look at like me, what I'm getting, so you're. It's if roughly three seventy-five a roll for me, at, at twenty-four exposures a roll. 
Yeah. I think that's it, pretty it, good. It's a no-brainer, and that's, you know, that right there is making my decision a little easier of just saying I'm just going to shoot black and white because I get to save all that money on one on the black and white bulk rolling, but then on the color developing and, you know, color film. I mean, that price is going up just buying a little uh, color film. So, yeah, I think I can yeah, just bulk roll. And, yeah, Cinestill 36 exposure rolls. Uh, double X, ten dollars a roll, and you could bolt roll it for five a roll. Literally, yeah. okay, that's great. And then just develop it in D ninety six, and the double X, I can shoot that at two hundred, four hundred, and obviously sixteen hundred because they said that development time. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I've told you could look on my Instagram, and I don't post like what I'm shooting at most of the time, but man, like a lot, some, a good portion of the shots that I've got on my Instagram are double X at sixteen hundred. Yeah, that's three-stop push there. That's all right. And I think it looks fucking fantastic. I've even shot it up to 3,200, and it it totally is just like black and white. There's like no gray, and the grain is pronounced, but it's no more grain than shooting HP5 at 1,600 or double, or or like Triax at 1,600. It's about like that, just with the loss of tonal range, you know. You've just got black and white. Right. Yep. Which you gotta cool do it. That's dude. what you want. I'm doing it, dude. I am for sure doing that. And our listeners um, should give it a try as well. Yeah, I mean, oh, Eric yeah. O'Hara, he, a, the, a previous guest, four by four photography. Yeah. He just posted, you know, he got into some double X and is loving it, just like I recommended. I told him he'd love the way it looks at cars. He did. I'm a Kodak yeah. fanboy. You called me out last week, or a double X fanboy. I'll admit it, 100. I think that film is yeah. just the top for me like i don't think anything looks better other than acros like i have to put that little asterisk acros but that film's not around anymore so current production films double x is where it's at yeah it's coming back acros is coming back september or this fall yeah but we don't uh, we don't know what that's going to be so but yes if old production acros i'll say asterisk old production acros was the bomb You heard it here first, guys. You no, they've heard it everywhere. This film is not <laughs> no, new. This is it's not yeah. a new film. It's not it's not a, it, nothing new to preach the wonders and the glories of of Acros of uh, well Acros too, but of Double X, yeah. Yeah, man, I want to try the FP4 too because that's cheap to bolt roll as well, and uh, I just want to see what that looks like. That's a is that a T grain or just traditional grain? The FP4. Hell if, oh, hell if I know. I yeah, don't think I it's T-grain. The only thing I know on Ilford is like the Delta line or T-grain. Right. Yep. Makes sense. Yep. yep. Cool, so, man. Yeah. Well, I learned something new, and hopefully our, our listeners did too, and try so something new. For you and listeners, Matt Day, just like everything else, has an old video on bulk loading, and so does mm-hmm. uh, Nick Exposed. Um, I watched both of them before I bulk lo- while sitting there with my stuff before I did my first one. I watched both of those videos. I was completely comfortable with the process and knocked it out my first time with no issues. So if you yes. are interested nice. in bulk rolling, go watch those two videos on YouTube if you have the opportunity to. Um, they will make you comfortable with the process because they show you how easy it is and they do it and let you see. Now, obviously, they don't pull their 100-foot roll out into the light and show you 
but they open it up and they show you what the things are and how they work and whatever. So I definitely recommend going and checking out the Nick Exposed and the Matt Day videos on bulk loading. And there may be new videos on bulk loading on YouTube at this point. I haven't checked in a long time. Uh, but when I was looking into getting started in it, those were the two videos that were out that were available for me to watch and check it out. So go check those out and any others that are available for you to check out at the time. And those will definitely get you more comfortable with the process because they'll show you how easy it is to do. It's Very super cool. Easy. Hey, I, hey, I respect your opinion on that, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you do. Dude, we we had 11 topics to cover, and I was like, no way in hell we're going to cover all of them. We literally hit every point. That's that's insane. It, you know, I don't think it's surprising, Matt. Yeah. It's surprising how easy it is to get through a show when you're not fighting us on everything. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, hey, no taken. I, I respect your opinion on that, Dustin, and I'm going to continue to. How about that? Uh, <laughs> no, but yeah, that, that's great, dude. Hopefully a lot of good shit was discussed tonight man uh, i'm pumped uh, I, lo I love being able to buy new shit that's going to save me money instead of just throwing away money you know like five bucks a roll i'm gonna save uh yeah sign me up so the first 10 rolls i'll pay for the bolt roller and then the next nine rolls i'll pay for the fucking roll of uh 100 foot roll and then you got three, also have... three rolls right mm -hmm. and, but then i'm uh, then I'm only looking to replace the cost of the rolls moving. I mean, the hundred foot rolls moving forward because the loader's paid for, and then just paying for my canisters. And then I can reuse canisters if I didn't smash them like I already do. So I need to stop. Yeah, doing that. don't smash them. You got to get that little thing. <laughs> I hate yeah. those things, man. I, 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 as a bulk loader, I still smash those fuckers if I don't have a, uh, if I don't leave it out. So most of my cameras, like I will just rewind it until I don't feel tension anymore and I open it up and it usually leaves enough leader out. But something like the goddamn yeah. F100, that motherfucker rolls it all the way in there because it just yeah. does whatever it wants to willy-nilly. So fuck that you know thing what? for that it, reason. That thing's, that thing's a piece of shit. I'm done with the F100. I'm done with all uh, the uh, automatics. That's it. Man, the the I, rise I and fall of the that. F100. I really want to say that so much, but I can't jump <laughs> off of it. Because I love the goddamn lenses and the lens prices. Like, you cannot beat Nikon's lens prices. Then you then just get like a FM2 or something. <sighs> yeah. Right. Same camera. Yeah. I don't, you, do you need eight, one eight thousandth of, of a second? Maybe. I, yes. Hell, Maybe my I do. You don't my tell me what I need because we're fine. Just... That's right. Yeah, yeah. He can oh, shoot homeless people at one eight thousandth of a respect. second. Yeah, yeah. Now, respect my my shooting, man. God, no. Um, I, I, honestly, yeah, I don't gotta care. respect your art. I, I don't care. <laughs> I got the <laughs> I got the F one hundred to to like be able to shoot autofocus portraits with because I you know I've talked about wanting to get into portrait photography and then I realized like Dustin, mm -hmm. you're a fucking idiot. You have a Hasselblad. Yeah. Like that thing takes amazing portraits. Mm -hmm. There you go. So, yes. The F100 might be getting the back replaced and then out the door, so I don't have to deal with it. Yep. Yep. I mean, I still got that F90X, which pretty much I got it for free. Yeah. So if I t sell the two F100s, then I got that eight, uh, 24 and 50. Yeah, that's true. Maybe that's what I'll do yeah. is, is sell the F100, have some money for a new lens, and then I'll get one of those cheap Nikons and do that. Yeah. 
I've been listening yep. to that with the classic lenses podcast. Oh yeah, man, I and love those, those guys. Those guys are giving me a bunch of a bunch of lens gas, a uh, bunch of lens gas. For sure. Did gas. you just start listening to those guys? Yeah. Well, no. I uh, I listened to them for a little bit um, when Carl was on, and then I stopped, and then I came back, and this is like after Carl had passed away and everything, and right. then, um, and then I stopped again. You know, because at that, yeah, I don't know why I just stopped, but I started just listening to certain ones, and then I started re-listening to them again, and that's where I I was introduced to Perry G, and and man, that guy gives me gas. He get that guy has, <laughs> oh, he just talks about everything. So, He's so I, I damn like charismatic. He is. He is. I, I all three of those guys are funny. Yeah. If I, I ever go to Chicago, I'm I got to go meet Johnny. That, that's one of my for one sure. of my goals. For sure, um, and and just a little peek behind the glass, guys. We will have Johnny on our next episode, so if you oh enjoy boy. listening to him, we're gonna we're gonna have some fun pocket pano goodness next week. Oh he's yeah, pretty, Johnny Sisson. He's pretty wild, isn't he? Yeah, he's a fun guy. Yeah, I think I heard him on negative positives. He made Mike Gutterman really uncomfortable uh, <laughs> on that one call. <laughs> I, I'm excited. This is gonna be fun. Fuck yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm down. Mm-hmm. Yep, we've got some good guys right. lined up. So we're we're excited about it. So, um, stay tuned, stay tuned, stay tuned. Yeah, stay and tuned. I, I think that brings us to a logical close. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think this is a good place to call it for today. Uh, we've had a pretty good episode. We've covered a wide range of topics. We've taught Mac a little bit of respect, or Mac has taught himself some respect. Which who thought yeah, that would right. ever happen? I that love you guys. Mean. Yeah, we and love all you the too. listeners. We love you, I love you too, well, buddy. I, we're just all breaking your balls because it's fun. I take it back. <laughs> <laughs> it is fun, uh, and I can take it. I'm a big boy. Yeah, you, you, if you can give it, you can take it. That's For right. sure. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. So, so, as you said, that is the close of the show. Thanks for joining it on the line, dudes. It was fun, like always. Mac, why don't you go ahead and tell everybody where they can find you on this new application along with all of your other ones? Wait, wait, wait. What about our First IG? of all, Instagram highlight. Man. Yeah, yeah. Here's, okay, here's go how for I'm going to do it. I'm sorry. Yeah, you, you can go last, Dustin, because I know you, you, the reason you skipped it is because you don't have your selected. I do have mine selected. Uh, Thank you very oh, much. Oh, shit. Uh, well, I didn't, and I just did it on the fly because I knew we were closing it out. But Andy Duncan, uh, pretty rad feed. Check him out. Spelled just like you would think, A N D Y D U N C A N. Andy mm-hmm. Duncan, rad shots. Check them out. Uh, and then, then I'll just throw my, my socials out there. Now you can find me on Dayflash, the raddest new app, but all you people with Android <laughs> devices. You're going to have to stay in, in your area until they like you enough to make an app for you. <laughs> um, but yeah, Max Shoots Film on Dayflash. Max Shoots Film on IG, which I don't post on for the next 30 days. So eh, follow me if you want. Uh, YouTube, holy shit, I need to post a video. I, I have a video po- edited. I just need to post it. So yeah, Max Shoots Film across the board. That's all, that's all I got to say. Yeah, sounds go good. Ahead. Dustin, you got one? No, go ahead, bud. No, you go ahead. Okay. <laughs> Oh, thank you, sir. Uh, I'm going to continue with the uh, curated IG. Um, here's another one that I really like because I've been following uh, not only this IG, but everyone that they post. They find a lot, lot of great content, a lot of uh, good photographers and, and photos. So 
uh, Restore from Backup. I don't think I've given this one yet. Um, but yeah, it's just a creator on on Instagram. Use the hashtag Restore from Backup to be featured. But I mean, these guys are just finding some awesome, awesome images from some very talented photographers. Uh, there's one there from my good buddy, Chris Visser. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw his Lomo 800. I don't know if you guys follow him or not, but he did one of Flo's V8 Cafe at uh, California Adventure, and it was shot with a Hassle, uh, Hasselblad and on Lomo 800 film, and the colors are just absolutely awesome. So Portra and what's the other? Yeah, what's the other film? I guess just Portra's the only other eight film, right? It's putting that one on on notice as far as you know quality. People just need to give Lomo 800 a chance. Okay, yeah. that's it. Yeah, I agree with you Thanks. as far as like putting it on notice. I think yeah. I think Lomo 800 looks better than Portra 800. Just gonna drop that little angry. <laughs> yeah, <in. laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. To I respect hurt your opinion. Feelings but, but you're dumb. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's so, true. True. but yeah, restore from backup. Awesome, awesome feed. Right on. Your socials? Oh, my socials? Uh, yeah, Edward Conde on I- yeah. Edward Conde underscore on IG and Twitter. Or you find me uh, most of the time hanging around at the NPP Facebook group. I'm good there. But uh, if you need to get a hold of me, just hit me up on IG. That's my spot. Sweet. Word. All right, guys. You can find me on Instagram at For the Love of Grain. Just gonna drop that because that's really the only one I care about. You can find me on negative positives and whatever, but my Instagram today that I'm choosing to highlight is a photographer that has been tagging his photos with the Grainy Days hashtag. So, guys, if you want your stuff nice. um to be highlighted on the page or on the podcast, start tagging it Grainy Days. So today I'm gonna choose Detroit imagery. So Joe Lopez is my choice today. He's a yeah. rad. He's a rad feed. He's got some cool stuff on there, and it, I think his Detroit imagery is a newer page that he's using. Um, if you want to check out his other page, it's just Joe Lopez three one three. He's got some really cool stuff on there. He's from Michigan, obviously with Detroit in the name. Um, if you are aware of geography, you would know that that's where that is. Anyway. Go check out his feed. He's got some cool stuff. He's a listener that we probably have more interaction with him than a lot of the other people on here. So, you know, get in touch with us. Tag your photos. Grainy days. You might get highlighted on the show. That said, if you want to find us on Instagram, that's going to be grainy underscore days with the Z underscore podcast. Or you could email us at grainydays at gmail.com and pretty much find any of us at any of those locations if you want to chat if you want to talk, whatever. Um, guys, we also have a new thing that I'm going to announce right here and now. So we're going to have these little quick shows that come out every maybe once, twice a month called Book Club. Um, that's what they're going to be labeled on the episode name. It's going to be Book Club and then the name of whatever we're talking about. So what these episodes are going to be are small, short, 5, 10, 15-minute episodes where I pull a book off of my shelf a photo book and i kind of talk about it so like what type of photography it is um themes i see throughout the book um it might be instructional books like i was talking to mac earlier the ansel adams books and i might just talk about a little bit about what they go through and if how that book could help you with your photography 
if you choose to do so in the future. Something else I'm going to be doing, if you want to send us a zine to check out and to highlight, you send it into us, it will go on Book Club. Um, we will highlight your zine, we will put in show notes where it can be found for purchase if you so choose to sell your zine, or if you just make one that you want people to know about, or you just want to show us, send it to us, um, get in touch with me, I'll tell you where to send it, and we will highlight it on the show. Awesome. Right on. Yeah. So, that said, guys, this has been a show. It was great talking to you again. It, it, it has. Yep. And I'll see it's you next Stay classy. Have a great yeah. evening. See ya. <laughs> see ya. Later, guys. Have a good one.